Pokémon. Even then, you were like, that's yeah, what I like. But I like. thought it was just men that had hair I guess down there, which makes no sense. Well, no, you're not totally wrong because but with- you all have armpit hair and shit. But with media, like if you were a woman True. growing up only looking at film and TV- They want you to believe. And magazines, like you don't even like- I mean, there's always those jokes where it's like, oh, girls don't poop, things like this. Because like- Yeah. And- any media at all they show the girls as like hairless sphinx creatures that do not need to poop that's very true so it's like you're especially i guess as like a gay man you were interested in women at all yeah it's not that surprising that's cool great bye yeah yeah that's true well should we get started yeah let's get started hello everybody hello welcome to anyways how's your sex life yes we are your very (laughs) slutty and not hairy Host? I'm 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 Corey's I'm semi hairy. I'm not hairy, and I'm getting more hairy, and I'm excited about yeah, it. Yeah, he is. He is getting more hairy. It's very exciting. Yeah. Corey is becoming his own. I'm dream becoming man. my own sexual idol. He's gonna just start masturbating in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> he just looks I'm himself. He's like, oh yeah. In the mirror and be like, <laughs> you wanna fuck me? I'd, I'd fuck, fuck me. <laughs> so on that note, we are your your hairy and not hairy hosts. I am Channa. I'm Corey. And uh, welcome to Anyways, How's Your Sex Life? This is the podcast where we talk about fucking titties and true crime and ghosts and you name it. We talk about it. And uh, so, yeah, let's just let's just jump right into your. Oh, oh, wait, I have shout outs. Wait, no shout outs. Yeah, I have motherfucking shout outs. Um, First of all, this is a unofficial official re shout out to somebody. Uh So in episode 14, our Lissa Lamb episode isn't episode 14 is a New Year's episode, right? I think it is. Oh, God. No, we're pretty far into the year already. We're 17. We're 17. I think it was like 11. It was no, 11. It was 11. It was 11 because I remember being like, oh, 11, that's Twilight Zone-ish. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I clearly don't know I would what look, but were. then it would like cause the vibrations okay, so just, in our shit. Okay, so just the New Year's Eve episode, Um, I gave a girl named Alice a shout out. She emailed us and she was like, oh my God, I'm going to watch... I think it was like the conjuring insidious because of you guys yeah, because you guys love us so much yeah. and i'm like she's a the lesbian she's like my girlfriend and i like love listening to you guys blah 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 cute so we gave her a shout out and she actually emailed us this week and she was like oh my god you guys gave me a shout out like i just listened to the episode oh, and she was like i am so happy so she gave us her instagram handle to follow her and i followed her and she is stunning oh cute i have to show you her Corey, because she's like she's so cute Oh, oh yeah! I think I think I follow her, or at least I saw. I I think I follow her now. Yeah, she's like or she the, followed me. She's yeah. like the cutest human being that exists on this world. So big shout out to Alex. If you want to see her Instagram, um, to also agree with us, she's the cutest person in the world. 
It is the August Room is her Instagram. So re-shout out to her because she was really pumped about our original shout out. And she now loves Insidious and Conjuring because, duh. Cute. Next shout out. I have a bunch should. of shout outs today. This week was a huge week for our podcast. Yes. It's been really, really exciting. And it's all because of you guys. Because you guys have been telling your friends about us, liking yeah. us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, etc. It's just been huge for us. So just Yo, thank you We even you guys. bought new equipment. So we sound a little better. We yes, not new microphones, not yet, but but we bought a bunch of accessories for our microphones yeah. to help us sound better, and that is because of you guys. So thank you, we really appreciate it. We love doing this, and we're happy that you guys are enjoying it. So continue sharing this with your friends yes, and whatnot. Thank you. So here are some shoutouts. Um, the first one is to a podcast. It's Palm Pitch Pod. That's the Instagram handle. All these are Instagrams. Um, the next one is Miss M I S S underscore underscore courtney with with three y's um she uh sent us a message like a, she slid into our dms and she was like hey are, if you guys ever tour or like start doing live shows like make sure to come to she's dallas because yeah, okay. she's like because you guys have a bunch of fans in dallas and i was like well we will as long as you come drink with us and Fuck she was like yeah you know what's in dallas what is tally whackers it's the gay version or the male version of hooters oh yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. We're so fucking uh-huh. going. I want to go to fucking Tally Do you think Wackers. they have vegan food? Oh, they have fries. I'll have fries. Fuck it. <laughs> we'll it's just the go experience. and have fries. It's the experience that yeah, counts. Yeah, it's the experience. Yeah. <laughs> so big shout out to Miss Courtney. If we ever tour, which is even weird to think about, but if we ever like do live shows or whatever, the very first place we're going we're to- We're doing our live show at Tallywhackers. At Tallywhackers <laughs> featuring Miss Courtney. She's our opener. Boom. Yes. Um, next one is Critty.Biddy. The next shout out is to Vicky Rogers six. The next one is Ashley Darkwood. Um, they are actually a paranormal investigator in London. Oh fuck yeah! So go them. Um, the next one is Raven underscore Sean. The next one is um, Dramazing Me. Same. Dramazing me. Dramazing Same. me. And the last shout out I'm giving today is Sandground three six one five. So if you want a shout out, all you have to do is. Comment on our stuff on Instagram, slide into our DMs, just talk to me. I love talking to you guys. Like, you just want to get to know us, then just send us a message, and we are happy to talk to you guys about whatever you want. And um, so, yeah, so those are my shout outs for today. So, shout out to y'all bitches. Uh, On top of that, what we love especially is if you send us your goddamn motherfucking spooky ass stories to our Gmail. Yes. Thank you, Corey. (laughs) So, we're going to be doing another listener story. And the only way we can do that is if we get stories, because we can't do that unless we have at least five stories. Yeah. If you have a scary story at all, even if it's like your friend's sister's cousin has a story, just send it to us. You can send it to me on Instagram. I prefer Gmail. Um, Instagram, I know, is easier for some easier people. It's easier to look at a story if it's on Gmail. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's just easier for me to copy and paste it to a true, Google Doc. That's true, too. Yeah. Um, so you can email us easily by clicking email us or email me on uh, Instagram. You can also go to our website, which is A-H-Y-S-L-S, wait, A-H-Y-S-L podcast dot com and uh you go to the contact me or contact us section yeah and you can email us there so or yeah, just slide into our dms send us your spooky supernatural stories or your true crime related stories or hilarious sex or stories. hilarious sex stories um you could even message us on facebook if you'd that's like. true yeah if, it, if whatever's easiest for y'all really we just want the fucking stories yeah okay? so facebook gmail instagram like those are the three platforms that we're going to use to accept stories if you do it through twitter i don't even know how it's possible so just don't, don't do it through twitter just do like <laughs> just gmail just email or, or facebook uh, so yeah so Probably the easiest way to do it is go to our website or just 
slide into our DMs. Whatevs. Yeah. Send us some stories and uh, let us make sure to let us know if you want it to be anonymous or not because true. We'll yeah. let it be anonymous. Um, um, if you don't tell us you want it to be anonymous, I will give everyone your Instagram handle. Of course, if it's through email, I'm not going to give them your email. Yes. So okay. let's jump into your faggot fact. Let's do my faggot fact. Okay, so mine today are about our transgender facts. So disclaimer, <laughs> transgender people are not automatically homosexuals, okay? Okay. So I'm sure most Noted. people know that, but some people do not. And and under when I say when we say faggot fact, I just put anything that is queer is when I mean when I say faggot fact. Yeah. So just disclaimer: transgender people are not automatically homosexuals. Okay. First, I'm going to do some interesting facts, and then I'm going to do some sad facts. Um, but That's we're going to ruin your Monday night. Yeah, pretty much. Sadness. So, but they they need to be said. But I d- again, I don't want to just focus on the sad things because. It's bad to just focus on sad things. Yeah. I feel. But so. it, you all, you also need the balance. That's why it's good that you're going yeah. through the positive Because the, the sad things are important. They are. they happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So first, based off of the 2011 Williams Institute findings that I used in an earlier uh, faggot fact, yeah, 0.03% of the population of America is transgender, which would meet in today's population that there's around 977,100 transgender people. Yeah, However... Point. The number of transgender adults in the United States has like risen. I guess the percentage has risen because according to a 2016 federal and state estimation, they're roughly 1.4 million. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So of those 1.4 million, 15,500 are in the military. And this shows that there's slightly over 10% of the transgender community that has served in the military or is retired or is currently serving now. Mm which is a much larger present, uh, percentage versus like non-transgender people. So it's really, I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. In 1965, the country's first gender identity clinic opened at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland. A year later, the first reassignment surgery happened. So that was 1966. And that was the first cool. uh, reassignment surgery that was completed in the U.S. Yeah. So long ago. That's cool. Who, do you know who the person? No, I didn't. I didn't get that information. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We don't, we don't have all you the time in the world. Guys. You don't have every single fact, every answer to my goddamn questions. I do, however, have the youngest person in the world to go through reassignment Ooh, surgery. okay. So her name was uh, Kim Petrus, um, a German singer and songwriter, and, and went through it at the age of 16. However, there are claims of someone in Australia going through re- reassignment surgery at the age of 14. But I couldn't find their identity. Okay. And it was only on like two of the five different websites that I went to. Okay. And the so other like five had basically this. Okay. So I'm going to stick with Kim Petrus just because the other one didn't have actual information. It just said that this person in Australia. Okay. So maybe that's true. But yeah, but it's just I don't not have a name and I don't, yeah, you know, like I don't have a name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 18 out of the 50 states have clear laws protecting transgender people. That means that. Three, uh, 32 of the states, transgender individuals can still be fired or denied employment for their identity. Mm, and Utah is one of them. Oh. But we do know that eventually that uh, a bill may be coming out soon about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Insider scoop. Now we're going to get into more uh, sad facts, but there are more just serious facts that happen to be sad. And this is important. So in 2018, advocates tracked at least 26 deaths of transgender people in the U.S. due to fatal violence. Ugh. 82% of them were women of color. Ugh. And 64% were under the age of 35. Ugh. Yeah. And 50, 55% uh, were in the South. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. That's 
Horrible. So research from the 2011 National Transgender Discrimination Survey says that 41% of transgender participants, um, which was 2,644 out of 6,450, had attempted to take their own lives at some point in their life. Oh. So with that, I have a couple of visibility facts that just sort of will bring light to um, the same thing that goes with any minority is that when you that when you expose transgender people or when you expose like gays or homosexuals to like their families. So when somebody comes out and stuff like that, you raise awareness and you ra- you raise visibility, which in turn has a positive effect okay. because then it becomes personal to the person who isn't gay yeah. or who isn't transgender and somebody who possibly may have animosity towards those mm-hmm. kinds of people. Um, but when they realize that it's somebody close to them, it sort of uh, counteracts that animosity and it becomes like empathy can come yeah, in. Yeah, because suddenly it. it's real. It's affecting their life. Exactly. Like, it's not some like article you read on Facebook. It's yeah. like... And that's why visibility is important. Yeah. So only four in 10 Americans say that they personally know someone who is transgender. And at least 74% of the known victims of anti-transgender violence in 2017 and 18 were misgendered misgendered in initial police or media reports surrounding their death so they are killed for being transgender for trying to be um a trying to you know transition from man to woman or woman to man yeah and they are misidentified even though they died for that reason that's so sad so again yeah like that's that's 74 that's three-fourths just about oh my god yeah um and only four percent of transgender youth Say that they are out about their gender identity to their religious community and family. That makes religious. sense. That's fucking yeah. sad. So again, just like these numbers need to either go up or down relative to the positive effect that yeah. would happen. Because when you raise visibility and you raise awareness of the fact that these people exist and they are your cousin or your daughter. Yeah, or they're alive. Your, your husband yeah. or your wife or your mother. Like, yeah, it just raises the opportunity for empathy yeah and that it's like a real thing damn yeah so that's, that's good sadness fact. but also you know raise awareness that is a good fact fact yeah good positive fat effect um and random question for you you might not know this at yeah. off the top of your head um but you know how we kind of went through this during this past summer during pride month we're looking at all the different flags like oh this is like the gay pride and mm-hmm. the lesbian pride and the bi pride do you remember what the trans pride one yeah, wasn't like pink blue and white okay yeah i was mm-hmm. thinking it was the pastels yeah that's what i was thinking yeah we will feature that in the episode highlight post Talk about but yeah so if you know anyone out there that's going through it just be there for them they're like you know they are human beings just like all of us i just it blows like it goes hand in hand like the whole homophobia thing like i don't even understand how people in today's day and age exist when they're like homophobic i'm like what like a blow like i'm oh. so disconnected from it oh, on on league of legends online people will still call each other fags that's also a gamer thing yeah. so i i like get it and just accept it like as them just being shitty gamers and they're online so they yeah. can do whatever they want and i literally was like hey it's 2000 i was like i i put lol like I'm typing because we're playing leagues, so you can just type and you everyone can see it on your yeah. team. And I was like, "Lol, did you just use fag in a negative way? It's 2019, right?" And then they they did an emoji because we have little emojis when you play, mm-hmm. and it was like one of the characters going like, you know, had their hands up, and they're oh, like, yeah. "Whatever." And I said, "Cool, reported." So I reported him. Good. And, and then a league sends you, like, if it's especially if you put hate speech. Oh yeah. They will send you a note back saying we have like tribunaled him and like punished him good and so literally after i played another game 30 minutes later 
it was like we punished him. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yes, 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 yes. See, yes. what's interesting, so going off of that, when I used to play a bunch of video games. He's a sucky-ass ADC, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> fuck you, bitch, you fucking-ass ADC. <laughs> so when I used to play, so my mom, confession about my mom, she's a badass. Um, she was in the top 100 uh, in oh, the yeah. world of Black Ops no, 2 zombies. Can you say that again so everybody, like, sucks that in so my mother who's the most badass person that exists sorry fuck you you're not as cool as her yeah she was in the top 100 in the world in the world at black at black ops 2 zombies in the world top 100 so like 2005 no this was like 2000 what like 9 to like 12 Okay, so, sorry. Oh, um, yeah, because the Xbox thing, yeah. Because this is like my peak high Xbox school. Xbox 360. So, like, I went to high school 2009 through 2013. 2009, yeah. So, it's like during that same time period. She was in the top 100. Like, she was the one of the best players. Like, when people, when she would Damn. come in, like, when she would show up in people's parties, they'd be like, oh, my God, it's Versalovich. Like, oh, my God, it's it's like, it's this person, this and that. That's so funny. And, I, I've heard this before, but I haven't heard that part. And so, like, sometimes, like, my mom and I, like, when we'd be playing together, we would, like, mute our microphones. And so people would be like, oh, like, yeah, we're just playing, blah, blah, blah. And we'd get, like, really high. And then, like, we'd unmute us and they'd hear that there were girls. And, you know, this is after they would be like, I'm going to rape you. I'm going to do this to, like, you know, uh, other people they're fighting. Yeah. And they hear they're women and they're like, you're not a girl. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, you must be a guy, this and that. And uh, so we had experiences <laughs> like that. I've had experiences where people knew we were women from the beginning. And they would be like, you shouldn't be playing. Like, we're going to fucking rape you. We're going to do this and that, you stupid piece of shit oh woman. God. And so, like what my mom like what she experienced in those years there was just so much hate because she was a girl playing video games the barrier of the internet and the safety of the internet just allows people to be cunts right it just goes (laughs) on with your whole faggot comment like it's like it was the same thing like they like they're like oh you're a woman like i'm better than you and like the best part is one time my mom and i were playing and these guys the entire time were like fuck you you women like we're gonna rape you guys and like you, she, you're like, meaningless wins. like go make us a sandwich like you guys are like stupid bitches like you're just trying to do this because you think it's hot but it's not hot we got to level 19 which is like when the zombies are like that's super high yeah watching all play and yeah. so it's like the craziest shit that's going on and every single person went down and they're like please help us please help us yeah, my mom went bitch. on she was like i just don't know how because i'm a woman i'm a woman <laughs> i'm gonna go make a sandwich see if you're okay right she like said that and I was like oh. I was like my mom's really Bitch. cool <laughs> so yeah my mom you like get out and you're like <laughs> <laughs> yeah right we're like fuck you misogynistic pricks it was super I had a wonderful mother she's, that's she's so great that's that, like when you told me that the first time like three years ago I was like what the fuck that's so cool <laughs> but she no longer plays video games it's very sad I've never been the top 100 of the world anything video game it wasn't just like the United States it yeah. was the goddamn world uh-uh yeah, crazy. Well, um, let's jump into my spooky scoop. Yes. So I today, Corey and I are talking about Al Capone and all that good stuff, which we told you guys in episode 16. Now, important note, if you haven't listened to episode 16 yet, go listen to it and then you know come to this episode because bitch. we talk about uh, the huge climax of Al Capone in 16. Sucker dicks. So today I'm going to go through some Alcatraz facts because yes. Corey and I both talk about Alcatraz, which is a super famous prison. Alcatraz. Um, you know, it's like an island off of San Francisco. Whatevs. So I have a couple of uh, the most interesting facts that I have found on goodoldalcatraz.com. So I'm going to go through and read this to you guys. So um, there, it's going to be like a question and answer type of uh, Am I answering layout. these questions? 
No, I'm mean, okay, unless you know cool. the answers. You're rhetorically asking yourself. I'm rhetorically I'm asking rhetoric- myself. You're just asking yourself the answer. Yeah, so okay, Channa. Cool. Dearest Channa, when did Alcatraz open? <laughs> Hello, Channa. Alcatraz opened on August 11th, 1934 and closed on March 21st, 1963. Yes. So it's only open for like 32 years. This is years. the Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any other Alcatraz? Yeah, there's other, there's other like, the it used to be a fortress and blah, 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 blah. I'll get into that. We're talking about jail shit. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. This is, yeah. So how big was the average cell? So each cell in the B and C block, the bitch and cock block, um, they were five feet by nine feet. So cells had a small sink with cold running water, sl- small sleeping cot and a toilet, you know, the total basics of jail. Um, but each prisoner had their own cell. And it was just big nice. enough where they could touch each side of the walls with their arms. So, you know, tiny, tiny. Um, there are about 336 cells in B and C block, but there are also 36 segregation cells and six solitary confinement cells in the D block, Duke block. Duke. And A block was used for material storage. Inmates were allowed to have visitors. Um, they were granted one visit per month, and each visitation had to be approved directly by the warden. But when people did visit, there was absolutely no physical touching. It was like you were behind a glass talking on the phone, you know, the classic movie situation, and you were only allowed to talk about um, current events or um, any matters. Oh, sorry. You were not allowed to talk about current events or any matters concerning prison life. Anything else you could talk about, but anything going on in the world, no. Anything talking about, like, oh, anything wow. going on with your conditions in prison? No. And these were monitored. Like, the cop would be listening to your conversation the entire time where you're talking yeah. to your visitor. Um, how many people escaped? So there were two inmates actually successfully made it off the island, but they were quickly captured. Um, seven inmates were shot and killed trying to escape. Two drowned, and five inmates have been unaccounted for, but they are presumed to be dead because um, they definitely drowned i mean it's insane the distance they'd have to swim um now the most famous escape was of frank morris and the england brothers all three um, were successful in swimming off alcatraz but all three believed to drown eventually Mm -hmm. so was there anything that inmates liked about alcatraz compared to other prisons so inmate willie radke he indicated that having your own cell was a great advantage over over regular federal prisons um, because by having your own cell it reduced the chances of you being raped and sexually violated um, which is like that's a plus that's a big plus yeah. you're not getting raped and i'm um, also the privacy aspect was also cherished so you can like you know mass on your own but you're not getting raped um, he also stated that the staff at least the majority of the time treated the inmates at alcatraz with a lot of respect pretty much they all kind of barely spoke to each other so it was a little bit it wasn't as dramatic and as like i'm gonna fight you and fuck you up and like fuck you you prison scum it was like they kind of they respected you in a way like they were relatively nice in terms of federal prison yeah with that um i read that an inmate read on average 75 to 30 300 books wow 75 to 300 books a year so they like obviously did not talk to each other. <laughs> Sign me up for fucking jail. Yeah. Um. Furthermore, the food was fucking awesome at this prison. I guess it was considered to be one of the best food you could get at a in a federal Whoa. prison. So sweet. Now, what did inmates dislike most about Alcatraz? So the common theme expressed by most inmates was the rule of silence, which was discontinued in the late 30s. So in the earlier years of Alcatraz, inmates were not allowed to talk to one another except during meals and recreation periods. Um, This rule was considered harsh, and inmates were disciplined for even minor violations of the code. So if you, like, bumped into someone, you're like, excuse me, they'd be like, 
you know, beat the shit out of you. Yeah, like put you in a solitary confinement cell and this and that. Also, this next part, which people talked about why they hated Alcatraz, is totally Corey. Because the inmates also stated that the island was always cold. (laughs) (laughs) It's cold. (laughs) So that is my motherfucking spooky scoop for you. Yes, spooky scoop. So today we're actually going to switch up the... Order. Yeah, you're going first, right? So usually Corey goes first if you're new to listening to this podcast. Yeah. But um, today I'm actually going to go first. So I'm going to be talking about motherfucking the OG of OG gangsters, Al Capone. Al Capone. Da 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 da. Oh yeah. So, um, let's just get into him. Let's just fucking like no spit on the dick. Let's just do this. So. He, he was born Alfonso Alfonsi. I'm not Italian. I butchered that. Nice. Al Capone was born Alfonsi Capone in Brooklyn, New York. He was born on January 17th, 1899. So his birthday was about a month ago. 1899? Yeah. That's cool. That's when Red Dead 2 takes place. Continue. 1899. <laughs> so he is the son of a recent Italian immigrants, Gabriel, Gabriel and Teresina Capone. Um, the Capones and their eight children lived in a typical immigrant lifestyle. Um, Capone's father was a barber. His mother was a seamstress. Just really modest. That's cute. Modest lot. Just modest little life. I um, you know, he had like a bajillion brothers and sisters, though. There were eight kids. Mm, they were like practically a Mormon family. But Italian, so like probably Catholic. I don't know. Uh, so there was nothing in, Ch- in Capone's childhood or family life that could have predicted his rise to infamy as America's most notorious gangster. His childhood was just so typical, average. It wasn't like he was killing cats Damn. in the alley. It was like, oh yeah, there's Al- there's Alfonsi Capone making a goddamn ravioli, like a good old little Italian boy. Sorry, Italy. I don't know. I don't know what you guys do in your childhood. Um, so he was a really good student in Brooklyn Elementary School, but he began falling behind in the sixth grade. So, like, right at the beginning of middle school, he started falling a little bit behind. He actually had a repeat sixth grade. Whoa. Um, it was around this time that he started playing hooky, and he started hanging out at the Brooklyn Docks. Um, he, basically, he was becoming a bad boy. Bad boy. One day, Capone's teacher hit him in the fucking face. because she was fuck? like, She's like, you bitch, you're late. You're like... I guess it was like... 1904 yeah okay so then capone looks at his motherfucking teacher and he bitch slaps her across the face and he's like fuck you like get your hands off me woman don't take that and so the principal takes capone to the office and they beat the shit out of capone so al capone was like fuck you i'm out and he walked out of school that day and he never went back so he dropped out of sixth grade that that is that's what made him yeah that was that exact moment. So fuck that teacher. Damn. Uh, so Glad be- I'm not in school in the 19 teens. Right. This is like what 19. What was it sixth grade? Yeah. Okay. So you're 10 or 11. So this is so, like 19. Yeah, it's in 19, 1909, yeah. 1910. That's yeah. weird. That was a hundred years. That was more than a hundred years ago. Now that teacher would be immediately fired. Yeah. Right. Fuck. Okay. So um, because Capone was becoming the bad motherfucker that he is known to be um his fam moved out to a better home on the outskirts of brooklyn so it's like this park slope neighborhood i don't know where it is in brooklyn if you live there you probably know what i'm talking about um it was here that capone met his future wife mary she went by may um coughlin and his mob mentor johnny torino torio i might randomly throw in a very intense <laughs> italian mobster accent but it's it's just 
the entire like time. Old twenties announcer accent. Yeah, I'm like, hello, everybody. Here we go, everybody. What's on here? Is your sex life? <laughs> That's yeah. It's just gonna happen. Every I was always typing all my notes. I was like, hello, everybody. And then Johnny Torino. It'll only this. be for the better. Oh, I just hit my computer against. Ooh, we can hear the reverberation. Okay, so during this time, Capone worked a variety of jobs. He worked as a candy store clerk. He worked as a bowling alley pinboy. He worked as a laborer in the in the ammunition plant, a cutter in the book bindery. I mean, you name it, like the weirdest little jobs. Yeah. Um, also, at this time, he was serving in two children gangs, kid gangs. Because, you know, what other what? activities cool. would kids do than create gangs at 10 years old? Duh. So he joined the South Brooklyn Rippers and the 40 Thieves Juniors. The 40 Thieves Juniors. That's cool. Right? I kind of feel like it's like West Side Story almost. Yeah, like, yeah that's cool. Fine. Um, so eventually Capone left the kid gangs and became a member of the James Street Boys gang, which was run by Johnny Torrio, which is my 1920s gangster accent, which will nice. come out every time. So at age 16, Capone became a member of the Five Points Gang and served aspiring mobster Frankie Yale, who was Johnny Torrio's associate. Uh, so Capone got a job from Frankie Yale. He was a bartender in Yale's brothel saloon, which was called the Harvard Inn. So it was here at the Harvard Inn where Al Capone made a crude comment towards a woman. He was like, yo, nice ass. Like, I think that was literally what it was. Yo, Her nice brother <laughs> um, slashed Capone with a knife across the face three times. Fuck. And that's where he got the nickname scarface which you all probably have heard of um so at age 19 he married may coughlin and a few weeks that happened a few weeks after the birth of their child albert francis johnny torrio was the boy's (laughs) godfather so around this time capone was getting you know deeper and deeper into mobster mafia life yo um, he shot the winner of a neighborhood craps game to death as he robbed him of his winnings. No, craps is so fun. C- Corey and I love playing craps. Y'all, the first time and only time we've ever gambled, we played craps and we came out $85 on top. We were $135 on top. But why stop there? We can gamble. <laughs> but we didn't stop there. And then we only were we were taken down to $85 on top. And then we stopped there. So side note about that entire story. The most important part oh. of that story is it was for my birthday weekend. We went to Vegas for my 21st birthday uh-huh. and all of our friends were just total shitheads that night. And they like so it was us two and three others. It was they like pretty much ruined my birthday party because they're like, no, Chan, like we don't want to go clubbing. We don't want to go here. We don't want to do this. Like we're just going to get stoned to go sit in the hotel room and like complain. And Corey looked at me and he was like. Fuck I'm this. not stoned. It's yeah. Jenna's birthday. Yeah, he was like, fuck you guys. So he like grabbed me and he was like, go get dressed, you dirty slut. Like, we're going to the fucking place. And so like Corey and I just like went around Vegas together and learned how to play craps and got like drunk. And it was just a night of Corey and well, Chandler. Well, everyone slept. Well, everyone slept and then like complained. Like and- they, like literally all they got high and went to bed at like 9 p.m. Right. So yeah, so Corey single-handedly saved my birthday. Yeah. And that was probably one of the biggest bonding moments yes. of just us and our own relationship. Yeah, Because I was like, Corey cares about me more than any other person yeah, in the they, state of like, Nevada. Literally in the middle of the day, David was like, you want to get high? And I was like, no, because then I'll go to bed at nine and it's Chenna's birthday. Yeah, you're like, we're, we're here to literally like, We're just... here for Chenna's fucking birthday. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's her 21st birthday. <laughs> yeah, my God. So Corey save the fucking day and like my love for Corey went from 420% to 666% and so we learned how to play craps and craps is awesome but I would never kill anyone over craps like Al Capone did most other gamblings eh 
But craps is so fun. But craps is so fucking fun because it's so collective. It's because everyone's against the casino instead yeah. of the casino instead of everyone against each other and, and they the want casino. You to roll well. Yeah, exactly. It's good. It, it, it it is like the movies. Like you do yell. Yeah. When everyone does well. See, we were doing so well that a high roller came up to us and gave us money, and then it was with his yeah. money that we fucked up and yeah, we like uh-huh. lost I felt everything. So bad. Oh my god. <laughs> that poor high I roller. A seven guys. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like the worst thing you can roll. Like to this day, we don't it, know like, exactly resets what that means. and sends you to the next person. He's like, you're going to do good. And he put down like $65. Right. And I was like, fuck. And <laughs> we did bad. And to so say that. Shout out to that guy. He lost $65 from us. Just from one fucking roll. Y'all. So sorry. Gambling's crazy. But Caps is super fun. <laughs> My family actually knows someone that he, he learned how to play I think it was like blackjack or craps through like an iPhone app. Oh yeah, and he like learned all like he just played it like every single day. People and it was getting will, better like, and better. Lose millions of dollars or and thousands of dollars. And he like read all these books about it, like how to like become the best. Like I think it was blackjack or craps. Or I don't remember, but um, he goes to Vegas like once every few months, and he like you know puts down a thousand, and he leaves Vegas with minimum of ten thousand. That's his goal. Fuck yeah, because he's so good. He's so fucking smart. Because like, I mean, gambling's all about how you play. Yeah, and, and so, you can do the math with it. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, I'm like, goals. So anyways, Al Capone killed someone over craps, which Corey and I would not do. We just have fun with it. Oh my God, so yeah. Al Capone, you're a little too serious about craps. Yeah, chill the fuck out. Right? Um, now, despite being questioned by police, Capone was let go because no one had witnessed the murder. They didn't really have evidence. This was, you know, the 19... <laughs> this is like Wait, the he teens. Was let go? Yeah, he was just let go. They didn't oh, have okay. DNA. I guess DNA didn't exist. I guess it was 1920s. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in another incident, Capone brutally assaulted a low-level member of rival White Hand Gang and left him for dead. Um, so since then, White Hand Gang was like, well, fuck you, bro. Like, we're going to get some major revenge. So then the leader, um, Frankie Yale, he sent Capone, his wife, and his young children to Chicago to work for Torrio. Because he was like, you have to get out of Brooklyn. Like, you have to go. You know how gangs against <laughs> You've you. You've been hurting too many people. <laughs> yeah, like, you're a goddamn asshole. Yeah. So... Johnny Torrio, Johnny Torrio was a was <laughs> big man Calissimo's right hand man. They were partners in the South Side Gang of Chicago. Now together they ran a giant brothel business. Um, and Capone arrived to Chicago in 1919 to work as a bouncer and bartender for the brothel. Nice. So during this time, Capone contracted syphilis, um, but he never sought out treatment, even though treatment was readily available. And treatment was like. Take this pill. So we'll question, cure syphilis. In, in my like light investigation of that part of his life, he knew about it, right? Yeah, but he, he knew just he had, never. Yeah, he just didn't yeah. care. He was like, ah, I, I, what's the symptoms of syphilis? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> but let's say it's itchy dick. Like he had an itchy dick. <laughs> no, it's it's. I don't think it's that. I it's think not, it can like actually burn. be pretty sleeper. Oh. And that's why you get like blood testing for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, because well, I think it's different for men and women. Because at least I know there are some STDs. Where the men have it, but they don't show symptoms. Well, that's but the chlamydia. Women... Chlamydia. Okay, it's chlamydia. is the biggest one where it's like the biggest difference between men and women. Because it burns men, and itches. You could like have no idea you even have it. Yeah. And and women, it can make you go infertile. If only. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, where's that fucking? Where's chlamydia? that fucking? Just kidding. I actually have never had an STD before. Yeah. So go us. Go us. Woohoo! Yay. We we're... we're sluts, but we don't have STDs. Uh, about a few months ago, Jordan and I were talking. Like, we're like, oh my god, we both have never had STDs before. Oh, good job. And we're like, we made it through the millennial gauntlet. Like, we made it through <laughs> this millennial sex gauntlet. Y'all like, are the cream of the crop. Right, we're the cream of the motherfucking crop. So Capone landed in Chicago in 1919. In 1920, prohibition went into effect. So Tor- Johnny Torrio um, pushed the gang with uh, Cazo- 
Carlo Zemo as the gang leader. There's so many Italian names here. It all sounds like spaghetti to me, but it's not. So Torio pushed the gang. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Torio pushed the gang to enter into bootlegging because prohibition just started happening. But Calizimo refused. He was like, fuck you. We're just doing the brothel. It works. Like, why wouldn't, like, we're making so much money from the brothel. Like, why are we going to do alcohol? So in May 1920, Johnny Trio called and told Calizimo that a shipment was about to arrive at his cafe because they like owned a cafe, a brothel, blah, blah, blah. Um, Calizimo drove there to wait for the shipment. But instead of the shipment, he was shot in an ambush and he was killed. Wait, the- Johnny Trio? No, no, no. Johnny Trio killed his partner. Oh, that's fine. Calizimo. Okay. As long as Johnny Trio. Johnny like- Trio's. Okay, for this segment, <laughs> for this section. Wait, he killed Calisi? Sure. Calissimo, Calisi. <laughs> We're now, yes. Johnny Torrio killed the mother of dragons. No. <laughs> That's impossible. So Johnny Torrio, he wanted to get into bootlegging because with his business partner, Calissimo, yeah. Calismo, Calissimo, Calisi was like, no, I don't want to. So Torrio, Johnny Torrio had Calismo killed in an ambush, Damn. like a drive-by shooting. Um, now, the, f- the murder officially went unsolved and no one was arrested or charged for it. Many believe that Johnny Torrio obviously ordered the killing so he can go into the lucrative build business of bootlegging and take full control of the gang. Hell yeah. Now, Johnny Torrio, Johnny Torrio allegedly brought in Al Capone to kill Calizimo. Nice. So suddenly you have this new kid, Al so Capone. allegedly. Allegedly. He was the hitman. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, like, it pretty much happened. That's kind of the thing with Al Capone is, like, every single crime he committed, you're like, it was, I, I guess it was Al Capone. And that comes back to haunt him. Literally. Damn. See, I don't know. I, I purposefully did not research anything past yeah, his death for you. And I tried to stay like, yeah, off of my... Yeah. Uh, okay, so now after his death, after Calizimo's death, Johnny Trio took over the gang. Um, now with Johnny as the new leader, he quickly made Al Capone his second in command. So now you have these two new people leading okay. the entire South Side gang of Chicago. Um, now together, they bribed politicians, they bribed law enforcement, etc. to get con- complete control of the bootlegging industry in the south side of Chicago. So this next part that I'm going to talk about is a summary of my segment in episode 16. So if you want, I mean, you obviously want more details. So after this episode, make sure to go to episode 16 to listen because it True. goes into what I'm going to say in crazy amounts of depth compared to what. It's like a two minute summary compared to a 30 minute explanation yeah, of what happens exactly. to summarize episode 16 johnny Torrio, the head of the south side gang and his right-hand man al capone met with all the chicago bootleggers to work out a system of territories it was important to everyone to avoid bloody turf battles and the gangsters were able to pool their political powers and their soldiers in the street just to really take over the whole bootlegging industry to help each other make money essentially so dean o'banion he was a leader of the north side gang and his right-hand man was this guy named uh, something Bugs. I don't remember. This was episode 16. And they accepted the, the agreement. So Abanian lived the trio's deal for about three years before becoming dissatisfied with it. Long story short, this is like a 30-minute min- segment in episode 16 that I'm not going to go into detail again because that's the n- episode before this. O'Banion was not happy with the deal because Johnny Trio and Al Capone are making a lot more money than him and Bugs. So he started this long-ass feud Um, which pretty much they would constantly go behind each other's back, say, fuck you, say, fuck you to your fuck you. I mean, it's like petty gangster drama where it's like, oh, you're going to you're going to sell your whiskey on my street. Well, I'm going to open up a brothel on your street. Oh, you're doing that. Well, I'm going to do this. It was just going back and forth for a really long time. Uh, And I wrote here 
it went, they kept on trying to one-up each other with pettiness and gangster badassery. Um, it all came to a head after O'Banion essentially stole $500,000 in the 1920s, $500,000. So Danal, yeah. that's like what? Over a billion dollars. He stole $500,000 from Johnny Torrio and got him arrested. So Johnny Torrio and Al Capone's Southside gang then assassinated O'Banion in his flower shop because O'Banion was a florist. But Al Capone was never there. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was at home doing whatever. Yeah, Al Capone was somewhere else. Yeah. He was, you know, with his wife. So did, never got in trouble for it. That's the whole thing. Any of these crimes I'm saying Al Capone did, he wasn't there. He just gave the okay. So this resulted in the attempted assassination of Johnny Torrio. Now, Johnny Torrio survived, but he decided to move to Italy because he was like, fuck, I am too old. I'm rich. I'm moving to Italy to eat lasagna. I'm going to live rich in the Alps. Yeah, exactly. Um, So he then landed complete, handed complete leadership to Al Capone. So now we have a 26-year-old Al Capone. So he is Damn. one year younger than you, Corey. Damn, I failed. <laughs> he, you are not a gangster lord of Chicago. Fuck you. Fuck me. <laughs> so we have this 26-year-old Al Capone, one year younger than Corey. Corey you just fucked hear up. Me, like load a gun and shoot it. <laughs> right now, I'm like, goddamn. I'm like, anyways, this podcast is over forever. <laughs> so he is the new boss of the Southside gang that took in legal breweries and and a transportation network that reached all the way to Canada with political and law enforcement protection. Shit. So you have this kid, this kid running this huge, huge gang that's infiltrating politics and law enforcement and everything. And, and like literally controls the media every day. Like the, the stories are all about what your gang did. Whatever. Yeah. Damn. Exactly. And the stories were also highlighting how Al, how Al Capone was In your moment, good. You, you, you like your actions inspire an entire genre of film. Right. Like that Shit. is important right here is Al Capone is what spearheaded the mafia movies like, like the damn. mobster like the godfather uh goodfellas well, yeah, all the, the good stuff in 1932. yeah like that would yeah. not exist without al capone damn. period so al capone he was the new leader um you know he had all this power and money everything he's ever wanted at, the, at his fingertips you know this gang was bringing in around a hundred million dollars a year a hundred million dollars for 1926 is so much fucking money it's wild Damn. So he began living a luxurious and very public lifestyle because why the fuck wouldn't you? He was spending <laughs> money lavishly, although, you know, he always used cash to avoid a trail. Um, you know, he indulged in custom suits, custom cigars, gourmet food, gourmet drinks. His preferred liquor was the Templeton Rye from Iowa. If you've Damn. ever had that, you're like Al Capone. He was particularly known for his flamboyant gay diamonds and jewelry <laughs> his favorite response to questions about his activities were i am just a businessman giving the people what they want all i do is satisfy a public demand i can't possibly do an al capone accent i wish i wish we were good at accents but we're not johnny Torrio. <laughs> <laughs> so he capone was becoming a celebrity everyone's like al capone what's he gonna do next al capone this is not they can't link him to a crime they just know Damn. like oh it's this businessman but also like Everyone knows that he's bringing in alcohol, but you can't say it really out loud because it's prohibition. We're in the middle of it. Yeah. So the press, you know, they were following Capone's every move, and he was able to gain public sympathy with his gregarious and generous personality. Some even considered him a Robin Hood figure of the prohibition. 
because he was bringing alcohol to the people. He was bringing them what they wanted. He was sacri- He was doing the hard work for them. You know, he even opened up the first soup kitchen and created a program where every kid in elementary school would get the milk. So he started, not only was he affecting the people who wanted their alcohol, he was trying to appease all these different types of members of society. Now, with all this power, both to, you know, in the gangster life and the public life, you know, he was able to use violence as a way to increase his revenue. For example, if an establishment refused to purchase liquor from him, he would simply blow their establishment up. So like, like, (laughs) hey, Starbucks, will you start you know having my tea as a regular tea no No. (laughs) bye starbucks bye starbucks so as many as 100 people were killed in bombings during the 1920s related to al capone you know he eventually he based himself in this town called cicero it's in illinois right outside chicago um after he was using bribery and widespread intimidation to take over town council elections and this just made it really difficult for the opposing gang, the North Side gang, to target him. You know, this rivalry between the South Side Al Capone, the North Side Bugs, which I go through in episode 16, it was becoming more and more intense, um, becoming extremely violent throughout the years. Um, and it just continued to just one up each other in just a way. Escalate, like, escalate, oh, like yeah. you punched my daughter, I'm going to kill your son. Oh, like you killed my son, I'm, I'm going to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to blow escalation. up your brewery, something like that. Some examples is, you know, Al Capone's driver was found tortured and murdered. Um, on September 20th, 1926, the Northside gang used a ploy outside the Capone headquarters in the Hawthorne Inn, aimed at drawing him to the windows, and that's when several cars rolled up with gunmen and they just fired into this establishment trying to kill Al Capone. Al Capone was unhurt. He was like, you pussy-ass bitches. So then he went and he killed one of the biggest gangsters in the Northside, uh-huh. um, right outside of the flower shop where the original Northside ga- gang leader yeah. O'Banion was the OG. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. He was killed in the flower shop. That was his flower shop. They killed that motherfucking gangster in front of O'Banion's as like a big fuck you. Damn. Gangster sounds so exciting to me. So during this time, they're fun movies. Yeah. So all this gangster shit's going on. And there's a whole other side that's going on as well. So Capone, he was giving a bunch of money to Republican William Hale Thompson um, during the 1927 mayor race in Chicago. Um, This is when Thompson campaigned for a wide open town at one time hinting that he would reopen illegal saloons, speakeasies, saloons. I'm drunk. Saloons. Um, so Capone gave Thompson $250,000. Damn. He, $250,000 in 1922? Yeah, it's more money than we'll ever see in our entire Jesus life. Christ. So not only that, but Capone continued. Other than the money, he's like, here's the money, but I have your back, Thompson. Don't even worry. So he had his bomber, his name's James Belcastro, target the voting booths in the wards where Thompson's opponents were thought to have support on oh, the fuck. polling day, April 10th, 1928. They were responsible for at least 15 people's deaths. People were chased by gangsters in the streets just gunning down voters left and right. Because they're like, oh, you're not going to vote for Thompson? Oh, damn. But it couldn't be linked to Capone. Because Capone wasn't there. Fucking Capone. Because these people weren't his right hand man. It was just someone that Capone knows. It wasn't Capone. Shit. Even though they couldn't link Capone directly to it, they knew it was Al Capone. Yeah. So fed up with Chicago's gang-dominated lawlessness, the public wanted justice. You know, Capone went from Robin Hood of the Prohibition to killer on the streets and freak in the sheets. Like, Capone was not a good guy anymore to public. No, sir. 
Uh, however, police weren't able to link him to the crimes. Like I mentioned, you know, there wasn't any direct evidence linking him to anything. It's just hearsay. Like, oh, yeah, it's Al Capone. He has his bad reputation, but we don't have fingerprints here. We don't yeah, have this and that. What can we fucking do? It's 1920. And it's the 1920s. Exactly. Like, they can't do much. It's like, oh, yeah. did you confess this crime? No. Okay, you're free to go. Yeah. So instead of getting him for murder, they raided his businesses where they gathered documentation that would later be used to bolster charges against him for income tax evasion. So now his years of being violent and manipulative OG motherfucker gangster came to a head on Valentine's Day 1929. So this is like the orgasm of episode 16. So again, like go to episode 16 if you want more because like I'm not going to fully get re i'm not fully going to give you an orgasm right now we don't need to redo it i'm just still rubbing your clit you know so capone and bugs and reminder bugs are the leader of the north side gang they have been at war for years and years and years everything's escalating now on february 14th 1929 posing as police capone's gunmen assassinated seven of the north side's men in the cold blood in the north side garage although capone um you know he was staying in his miami home his miami home at the time the public Immediately, it was like, it's obviously Al Capone, but they couldn't really get (laughs) to. They're like, he was in Miami. We don't know what to do. But they still labeled him as public enemy number one. So by 1930, Al Capone was responsible officially for 33 deaths. The number is much higher than that because it's not even including the people, like the establishments that were bombed because they didn't want to sell his liquor. But at least 33 (laughs) deaths. So in response to the public outcry of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, President um, Herbert Hoover um, ordered the federal government to step up its efforts to get Capone on income tax evasion. Like, we don't have anything else. Like, we need to get him for something. The Supreme Court had actually ruled in 1927 that income gained on illegal activities was taxable, which gave the government a strong case for Capone. Because they're like, oh, yeah, you were selling alcohol. That's still taxable motherfucker so on june 5th 1931 the u.s government finally um indicted capone on 22 counts of income wait tana are you saying that the government passes laws so that they can eventually do whatever the fuck they want yes big shock no big shock here (laughs) (laughs) so although the government had strong evidence against him capone remained confident that he would get away with it with a minimal sentence and he stuck he struck a plea bargain in return for two and a half year sentence when the judge in the case declared that he would not honor the agreement, Al Capone quickly withdrew his guilty plea and he went on to the trial. During this trial, Al Capone bribed and intimidated the jury members to find oh, him innocent. He was <laughs> like, Could you imagine one of those jurors being like, yeah, okay, should we send him to jail? Well, he obviously did it, but should we send him to jail? <laughs> yeah, but he also offered me $100,000. And, and, like, also, I don't want to fucking die, and I don't want my, like, wife or dog yeah, to die. Yeah, they're like, but, like, there's a guy in a black car that keeps been driving by my house. <laughs> right. Like, I don't think I should send him to jail. Um, but last minute, so after he bribed and intimidated the entire jury, you know, it was set to him. It was set in stone. He's like, I'm good to go. I'm Al Capone. Like, I'm Johnny Torrio. I'm good to go. The jury, or sorry, the judge switched to an entirely new jury last minute. What the fuck? Yeah. I don't even know, that, like, how often that, that happened. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a fucking lawyer. I'm not a fucking lawyer. So, again, if, like I mentioned in the last episode, if you're a goddamn lawyer, let us know that's allowed. But it was allowed in 1920, whatever the fuck this was. So, the new jury found Al Capone guilty and sentenced him to prison for 11 years. So, his time in prison, so he spent the first two years for a sentence in federal prison in Atlanta. Uh-huh. Um, now, after he was caught bribing guards, he was like, yo, well, here's a, a $10. Will you suck my dick and give me a peanut butter sandwich? 
Al Capone was sentenced to. Will you give the... me a bag full of peanut butter, put it in a microwave that doesn't exist ah! yet, so I can fuck it. <laughs> no! No, 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 no! Y'all, sorry, inside joke. We're fine. So. After he was caught bribing Don't the fuck bags of peanut butter that you have put in the microwave, okay? That's the lesson. Yeah, if you, you take anything away from today. You got in perverts. <laughs> don't fuck peanut butter. <laughs> Just don't. It didn't ask for it. Don't put It wasn't your, made for that purpose. Don't, don't put it in peanut butter. <laughs> Whatever you think it is, don't do it. If I ever run for a campaign, that'll be it. Don't put it in peanut butter. That'll that, be my slogan. That's an episode title. A podcast. <laughs> don't put it in peanut butter. <laughs> Okay, so he was bribing guards for peanut butter, and the guards were like, nah. <laughs> so he was sent to the notorious island prison, Alcatraz, Alcatraz, in 1934. So in Alcatraz, this is when he started suffering from some pretty poor health. Al Capone, like I mentioned earlier, he had syphilis. He never treated it because he was like, whatever, I'm Al Capone, Johnny Torrio. Now, he suffered from neurosyphilis, which was causing dementia. Yes. Um, he also suffered suffered from serious withdrawals from years and years of severe cocaine abuse, and uh, which had cocaine. perforated his nasal septum. Cocaine, hell now, of a drug. Yeah, cocaine, same girl. It's rough. Hell of a drug. So after serving six and a half years, Al Capone was released in 1939 to a mental hospital in Baltimore, Baltimore which he remained for three years. Now, 1946... His physician and a Baltimore psychiatrist um, both concluded that Al Capone had the mentality of a 12-year-old child because his dementia oh, he'd, he'd got so extreme. So much. Yeah. Oh, damn. It actually got so extreme that so he was living out his final years with his wife and immediate family in a secluded atmosphere in like, his property in Florida. And it got so severe that he would go fishing in his pool in his backyard because he thought he was fishing. And like he oh. was fucked up the last few years of his life now someone who has watched my great grandma get dementia from the beginning all the way to the end of her life it's like horrific watching people go through it so he was fucked at the end of his life so like i said he lived out his final days with his wife his family in florida and um he died on january 25th 1947 due to a stroke and pneumonia so that is Al motherfucking Capone. So now he's dead, which is a perfect segue to Corey's section. To my section. Okay, so mine uh, this week is titled The Legends of Alcatraz. Daddy. And we'll get to Al Capone at the end because Al Capone is an inmate, but I'm just going to, you know, stave y'all off until the end. Just like get that climax. Ooh, this be. is a good buildup we like. Yeah, so we're foreplaying, y'all. So introduction to alcatraz i don't need to do it y'all know about it i'll just jump straight into the history yeah bitch. so the earliest recording uh, recorded owner of the island of alcatraz was julian workman and it was given to him by the mexican governor pio pico in june of 1846 pio yeah so later that year the military governor of california john c fremont uh, bought the island for five thousand dollars in the name of the u.s government but basically what happened is a few years later in 1848, the United States government, the 13th pres- president, Millard Fillmore, he ordered that the island become like a United States military reservation. And so the United States was like, this is our land now. This is mm-hmm. us. Like, you know, OG, just like classic US being like, this is ours now. Wait, are you trying to tell me <laughs> that the United States of America happened because a white man rolled up and he's like, this is mine now, bitch. <laughs> 
No, literally. Classic but, American. But this, but you know what, why this is really an outrage, Chenna? And this is sarcasm, guys. Is because a white man had the land taken by the white man of Fuck. America. That's why. White betrayal. Really <laughs> that never happens in our society. Right. <laughs> so, Damn, I'm really sad. <laughs> yeah. No. So, so literally, the government's just like, okay, this is our land now, and this is for the United States military. This isn't for like the for California. Fuck you, John C. Fremont. Pause so, really quick. Yeah. Look at Toulouse's weird position right now. He is like laying down flat as hell. Oh, booze. He looks so weird. He's right? like a weird burrito. Right. He looks like a weird ass burrito. What like a burnt burrito. Booze, you look longer than you should be. Right? He's like too oh, he's a fucking Wendigo. Booze, don't be a Wendigo. He's like, bitch, I'm asleep. I mean he's always hungry. He's always hungry. He's a Wendigo. He's always grumpy. He's always Wendigo. Sorry, I think they're kind of. We just say Wendigo because I say it all the time. Damn you, Corey! <laughs> it makes you think. Like, it's I wonder Wendigo. how many things we say just so incorrectly because we've been around each it? other. I said it to somebody. I was talking about Until Dawn with somebody oh, yeah. at school one time, and I was like, "Yeah," and there's like Wendigos, and somebody was like, "Yeah, Wendigos." <laughs> I was like, "Don't be a fucking cunt." You're like, "Yeah, we're just classmates. You're I like, don't know you." Tomatoes, tomatoes, bitch. Yeah, like, it's bitch. The same that's like thing. a cunt. <laughs> So um, basically in the 1890s, uh, Fremont even like went and like tried to sue the American government because they never compensated him for the money. What? Yeah, they're like, this is just ours, bitch. Suck it up because we're the fucking American government and that's what we fucking do. Right? Yeah. And so that just happened. Poor guy. So when this was acquired and, and designated as United States Military Reservation from 1853, so just five years later, to 1858, the U.S. Army began fortifying the island, creating Fortress Alcatraz. Daddy. So um, this became a very big, important place during the Civil War for the Union, as the fortress became a stockpile of arms for the West, and also it became like a very heavily cannoned uh, prisoner of war camp uh, where they housed Confederates. Damn. Um, during the war. Also during the war, it is it, this is where like Alcatraz Island became like transformed into what we know it as as the like penitentiary Mm. as like the maximum security prison that it eventually becomes because they started adapting the island to accommodate all of these prisoners of war that they had so on march 21st of 1907 alcatraz was officially designated as the western u.s military prison and then later to become the pacific branch uh, um, of the u.s and it continued as such until October of 1933, where it was deactivated and then moved to the Bureau of Prisons. Hmm. 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 <laughs> In less than a year, at 9.40 a.m., like Chana said, on August 11th of 1934, the first batch of 137 prisoners arrived at Alcatraz. So during the 29 years it was in use, the jail held uh, uh, 1,000... 546... You're actually really close. 1,576. Damn it! Damn, you were off. You just like had one number off. Damn. So it held 1,576 prisoners and some of the most notorious criminals in American history, such as... Al Capone. Al Capone. <laughs> Johnny Torrio. <laughs> no, not Johnny Torrio. He was sorry. dead. No, he was in Italy. He's, yeah, he was like, fuck y'all. He was Italy. like eating fucking lasagna. God so, damn. fuck y'all. <laughs> in the Alps, goddamn. Um, uh, Robert Franklin Strode, which is AKA the Birdman of Alcatraz, um, George Machine Gun Kelly, Bumpy Johnson, and more. Machine Gun Kelly has to do with some Al Capone stuff. Oh, he does. I didn't go into it. It was so much. No, yeah, there's, yeah, there's always a ton. Isn't there a rapper named Machine Gun Kelly? Maybe. 
I think there is. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch. I don't We're listen to rap. Um, it Believe also it housed not. the staff and their families on the island. So the prison oh, yes. had 336 mainline cells, as Chana said, and 42 solitary confinement cells. The prison was never filled, though, and the average population was about 260 men, with the highest occupancy A 322. being 302 convicts. Damn it! I'm so close to these numbers. What did you guess? 322. 322. It was 302. I was actually really close. Motherfucking yeah, psychic. Um, I must have read these numbers earlier. So, as Chana did say, I won't go into it, but um, the penitentiary claimed that there were no prisoners successfully escaped. Go back in earlier in the episode where Chana explains all the different stats of that. Bitch. Um, there's one thing that she didn't say, though, that I that I, that I I found that was really cool. So, it says one prisoner uh, is said to have made it as far as the rocks beneath the Golden Great Gate Bridge, where he was found unconscious and near death. But he was returned to the island within 24 hours. Oh, he's <laughs> so close. Yeah, he's so fucking close. I'd be like, what? I would kill myself. I'd be like, fuck it. I'm so sad. Poor well, guy. he was unconscious, so he did. Like, he probably just like was swimming, and then he passed out, and then he woke up back in. Oh, <laughs> I'd be like, did I even escape? I don't even know. If That's... I was alive during that time, I'd like stand on the Gold Gate Bridge and like look for them. And if they got there, I'd be like, let's go. Yeah, I'm like, fuck it. What do you want? They're like, I'm a serial killer. I'm like, I don't even care. I'm like, okay. I'm like, you made that swim. Let's do it. They're like, are you? I'm like, they find out I'm gay. They're like, fuck you. I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. Go back to Alcatraz, bitch. So of these two of these escaped attempts, there's two specifically that are really big. Chana already talked or mentioned the Battle of Alcatraz that happened in 1946. But there's another one that he, she also mentioned about the Anglin brothers and, and Frank Morris, which that, is probably the most famous escape. Oh of yeah, because they did it in like some crazy ass way. Yeah. Um, and that happened on June 11th of 1962. So this is it, it's so interesting and intriguing that. It is depicted in a 1979 film called Escape from Alcatraz, starring Clint Eastwood. Hey, so, I haven't seen that movie, but I do totally want to watch it. Is he in it. like every old person, old timey movie ever? Yeah, he's in like a shit ton he's of movies. He's in like movies, every. And he he's also t- like directs and produces a shit ton he's of movies. He's in that movie that just came out like a month ago, maybe. That like uh, drug cart. Yeah, Mule. Uh-huh, I want to see it. Yeah, I want to see it a, too. He's a like super prolific filmmaker. Like fucking. Yeah, I mean, it's Clint Eastwood. He has probably made a bigger mark on hollywood than no almost any other yeah, person he's can like say. he's so fucking good i love his shit most of his shit not all of it okay so overall during its time as a penitentiary eight people were murdered at the prison by inmates a guard was murdered in the laundry room in the late 1930s Same. and then two died in the ill-fated 1946 escape attempt and five inmates were killed in random attacks also five prisoners committed suicide and at least a dozen died in total trying to escape Damn. So just adding up all those like little facts together. Lots and lots of death. So there's lots and lots of deaths, which equal lots and lots of ghosts, ghosts, (laughs) haunting, ghosts and stuff. So uh, because the penitentiary costs so much more than the average penitentiary, like per inmate, it costs about ten dollars per inmate versus the average three per inmate, like in the country. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So since it costs so much. The Attorney General, Robert F. Kennedy, at the time, ordered the penitentiary to be closed on March 21st of 1963. Ah, you know why it, it was so expensive? is because the food was so good. Yeah, they, right? They're like, yeah, bitch. All the inmates were like, the food is still fucking delicious. <laughs> they're giving like five-star, I don't know. They're like giving lobsters. And, and like, like a steakhouse dinner yeah. every night, Fuck like from yeah. Ruth's Chris. That'd be awesome. I'd be like, send me to Alcatraz. Send me to Alcatraz <laughs> with, Al- with Al Capone. No, but it's cold, real. so I don't want to go. So what? fuck that shit. Oh yeah, it's cold. You do not want to go. I don't want to fucking go. Fuck that shit. 
After it was closed in 1963, Alcatraz Island was occupied by the Native American activists for the first time on March 8th of 1964. So this basically leads to a whole podcast worth of shady American history where the American government gives the Native Americans the land of Alcatraz, like gives them the island and then takes it back. (gasps) Big shock. (laughs) Because they can like... Because they can obviously profit off of it, right. et cetera, et cetera. I don't know all the details that happened there, but you could probably go look it up, and we could easily do a whole podcast off of it. But we're not because that's not our topic. That's yeah, not what we. You do. know, we have many episodes ahead of us. Maybe yeah. episode sixty-nine will be the Alcatraz episode. Sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. Now we're gonna get into like little details about the cell, about like the Hi, jail, Bruce. and about the cell block. But I'm gonna mostly talk about and the infamous D block. Okay, dick y'all. block. So we have A, B, C, and D block. Ass, bitch, cunt, dick. Ass, bitch, cunt, dick. So pick your favorite. I pick dick, obviously. I pick also dick. <laughs> Fuck. We're big D block. We're big. Guys. We're some D block lovers over here. So the infamous D block, known as the treatment block for some of the worst inmates, uh, had varying degrees of punishment that included isolation, solitary, and strip. <gasps> oh, oh, that was the cutest little sneeze. So prisoners were held here from anywhere to three to night from three to 19 days where they would be given their meals in their cells and were not permitted to work and could only shower twice a week. Okay, bye to the worst cells for confinement as punishment for inmates who stepped out of line were located at the end of D block in cells nine through 14. And the, these cells were known as the hole. <laughs> yeah. Right. So these cells had no light and it, and it was colder than the rest of the prison, which was already cold. So it's so super cold. Fuck that shit. It's super duper cold. Yeah. And the prisoners sent here were regularly stripped, beaten, tortured, and often starved and forced to sleep on the cold concrete floor wearing nothing but light underwear. Oh, my God. So a side note to this, just like reading other things, I didn't really like write this down or put this down. But basically, sometimes what they would do to these prisoners at the same, as well is they would like splash them with water or hose them with water mm. and then leave them in their cell with it all. Like, so everything is cold. And they're soaking cold. Wet. They're soaking wet and they just sleep on the whole card oh ground. God. And they usually are given about like two different blankets or something <gasps> like that. So everything's just sopping wet. And they would try and do this on the coldest days in San Francisco. Oh my God. So they would just like leave them sleeping at like everything sopping wet on the cold ground, just like. Like trying to fall asleep just like basically almost dying what the fuck yeah yeah the five cells of the hole just had a sink and a toilet and the very worst of all of these cells was nicknamed the oriental or the strip cell it had nothing but a hole in the floor <gasps> and that was the toilet <gasps> nothing else was in the cell oh my god it was just a cell with a hole in the floor like a turkish oh my uh, god. restroom so on top of that the prisoners would often be confined in there naked and had nothing <gasps> else with them Damn. Um, and then also on top of that, Jesus the Christ. guards were the one that had control over flushing the toilet. <gasps> so sometimes they wouldn't flush it and they would like let it overflow or they would just like let it stink. Yeah. Isn't that ridiculous? That is like go to jail forever. Fuckers who did that. That's just so inhumane. That's like. Yeah. I, to me, the whole the worst part is like I'll smell my shit all day, but like please don't throw water on me when it's cold. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like that would be well, that one's is, like dangerous. Like smelling poop yeah, like, is one thing, but like hyperthermia is another. Yeah. Ugh. So Henry Young, an inmate at Alcatraz in the 1930s and early 1940s, said at his 1942 trial, um, describing the hole, 
that its size was approximately oh sorry so before i go into this um sort of to backtrack a little bit i got this directly from wikipedia so this is a quote of a quote from from wikipedia of a thought from wikipedia yeah <laughs> no 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 this is like an actual quote from from henry young oh okay but it was on wikipedia so i'm just getting that from wikipedia. so like you know <laughs> yeah. um so <laughs> so like you know millennials wikipedia we get it <laughs> wiki how how to al capone <laughs> podcast <laughs> um, so it, he says its size was approximately that of a regular cell nine feet by five feet but about seven feet high, I could just touch the ceiling by stretching out my arm. You are stripped nude and pushed into the cell. Guards take your clothes and go over them minutely f- for what few grains of tobacco may have fallen into the cuffs or pockets. There is no soap, no tobacco, no toothbrush. The smell, well, you can describe it only by the word stink. It is like stepping into a sewer. It is nauseating. After they have searched your clothing, they throw it at you. For for bedding, you get two blankets around five in the evening. You have no shoes, no bed, no mattress, nothing but the four damp walls and two blankets. The walls are painted black. Once a day, I got three slices of bread. No, that's an error. Some days I got four slices. I got one meal in five days and nothing but bread in between. In the entire 13 days I was there, I got two meals. I've seen... But one man get a bath in solitary confinement in all that time that I have been there. That that man had a bucket of cold water thrown over him. Oh. Yeah, so that's that's infamous D block. <laughs> Jesus, Dick Block sucks. Dick Block sucks. I'm no longer Team Dick. I'm Team I don't know. Ass bitch I'm or cut was our other one? <laughs> yeah, I'm still team. I'm still, still team I'm dick. still team uncut dick. Maybe we could go team ass team ass yeah. i could go team bitch that's team fun that's bitch. drama that's fun yeah that's actually fun they're all like what's that yeah they're like fuck you i'm like well fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> so now we're getting into the haunted shit that yeah, we're all here for okay? daddy so according to historians early explorers to the island believed it to be haunted as it had a disturbing atmosphere and it developed a reputation as a quote-unquote bad place Bones hmm. and artifacts have been unearthed by archaeologists on the island and indicate that it might have been served as a burial ground for the the Ohlone, the Ohlone Native American outcasts. Oh. So uh, the Ohlone are a Native American tribe. I'm sorry if I got that wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's right because I looked up how people pronounced it on a documentary on YouTube. Ohlone? The O-H-L-O-N-E, Ohlone. Ohlone. So I'm sure it's the Ohlone Native American tribe. So... They avoided the island as they believed that evil spirits resided there and were using it for deporting their criminals under the tribal law to live on the island in isolation. So basically they used it just as uh, as the British used uh, Australia. Okay. Yeah, to like put their criminals and stuff like that. Also, Mark Twain documented the eerie atmosphere of the island after visiting it, and he described it as, quote, being a being as cold as winter even in the summer months end so quote. the what we're we're taking from all this is alcatraz is cold is alcatraz <laughs> my fucking cold it's like day? if you take away anything from this episode it's that alcatraz is fucking it's cold. like fucking your nipples be so hard and not in a good way no at sir alcatraz. so like if you don't like the cold don't fucking go to alcatraz so cory never fucking go to alcatraz i will never fucking go to alcatraz i guess our vacation plans are off <laughs> yeah fuck alcatraz so the hauntings guys yeah we're now here we got here we made it we're queer so from the late 40s to the early 60s there are numerous reports from the prison guards and inmates of sobbing moaning screaming unexplicable smells cold spots and spectral apparitions sounds like my sex life (laughs) 
What gets me the most are the screaming and moaning that would come from the tunnels and caverns below the cells um, that are often referred to as just like a dungeon of sorts that like were from the old fortress that I talked about in the history. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is basically Damn. the old fortress, like the military fortress, it collapses and then they build the penitentiary on top. Jeez. But there were like a series of tunnels and shit that were like, you know, dug into the place that are be- in old dungeons of the fortress that are beli- or that are beneath the um, cell blocks. Mm. So you can literally like access them and what people, mm. inmates and guards alike during the, during like the times that it was a jail they would hear moaning and screaming echoing up from the dungeons below. Through the secret tunnel. But literally, a secret tunnel. Secret tunnels. <laughs> but there was nobody there. Oh. So, like, imagine, like, just hearing They're random like, screams. Oh. Well, not that sexual. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. yeah. Daddy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, all the people are like, <laughs> just masturbating violently. Oh, my God. No, so I was like, <laughs> So, I'm not a good ghost. <laughs> <laughs> We're better at sex sounds than ghosts. It's true. I'm like, ooh, ghost sounds. <laughs> so even guests and families who lived on the islands claim to occasionally see the ghostly forms of prisoners and even phantom soldiers. Phantom, phantom gunshots were known to send seasoned guards cringing to the ground in the belief that the prisoners had escaped and had obtained weapons. Damn. Yeah. <gasps> what? Sorry, that's crazy. No, yeah, it's crazy. Also, a deserted laundry room would sometimes fill with the smell of smoke, even though nothing was burning. The My guards life. would be sent running uh, from the room only to return later and find out that the air was clear. So this Damn. is all even when it's still a penitentiary. So like still in the 40s and 50s and 60s, like before it even closes originally. Damn, damn, damn. Damn. So since its closure, reports of unexplained clanging sounds, screams, cryings, footsteps, moaning, and locked doors swinging open for no reason have all been reported in the prison blocks. Rangers, so because it's like a national park now, um, and you can go visit it. No, he rangers, means D&D a ranger. <laughs> what? You mean Dungeons and Dragons Dungeons rangers. and Dragons. So rangers, like wood elves with and, uh, and, uh, bow and arrows. Aragorn. And Aragorn. <laughs> and Legolas <laughs> and roll Legolas. up. <laughs> They've also reported doors opening on their own accord, whispering sounds coming from cells, and also echoing sounds of harmonicas. <gasps> what? Ugh. Yeah, oh, that freaks That'd me be out. Really eerie. That's freaky. The harmonicas thing weirds me out. Like if I was walking down a dark hall and I heard harmonica playing out of nowhere, I'd be like, "What the like, fuck?" I, I I like harmonica. Yeah. And so it like but, the first five seconds, it'd be like really, oh, that's really cool, and then I'd be like, wait. I'm like, y'all playing a harmonica? And we're like, no. I'm like, we're like, fuck. Nah, <laughs> so D block, of course, Dick block is considered by most paranormal investigators to have the most activity of the prison. Big Go shock figure, there, right? Four of the 42 cells in this block are thought to be haunted and unexplained voices have been reported in cells 11, 12, and 13. Cell 14D, the one that just has the hole in the ground. Oh, yes. Poop, is the, poop cell. Is considered to be the most haunted cell in the prison. Duh. Yeah. Many people report that cell 14D is permanently icy cold even during the summer and is often 20 to 30 degrees uh, colder than anywhere else what that the? is in fahrenheit 20 to Celsius. 30 degrees colder yeah yeah oh so, my that's like that's crazy that is the difference between like 80 degrees and 60 degrees that is like the difference between summer and fucking long. and winter yeah uh-huh. that's insane so rangers and tourists alike report quote a sudden intensity in the air end quote when approaching cell 14d 
Okay, so my question to all the skeptics out there is how do you explain that? How do you explain it dropping 30 degrees? Like, 5 degrees is one thing. 10 degrees, sure. 30? When you're like, oh my god, it feels like I need to put on a sweater. And it's the middle of summer. And it drops 30 degrees within a couple seconds of like entering the I mean, I guess like in the summer, San Francisco is relatively colder because of its like pocket. It's like coastal pocket. 40 degrees to 70 degrees is like still a huge difference. No, agreed. Yeah, you're still like, fuck, I want to put on clothes. Yeah, Yeah, 30 degrees. I mean, that's such a crazy difference to me. That's like insane. Yeah. So notable ghosts of Alcatraz. C Block is re- reputedly haunted by a spirit of former inmate Abby Maldowitz, nicknamed the Butcher, who was <sighs> murdered in the laundry room. So there's a little discrepancy here. Maybe a guard and this butcher was murdered in the laundry room. I don't know, but yeah. there's like discrepancies between the two on multiple websites. This is ghost stuff, Whatever. y'all. People can be two people can be killed in the same place. You know, this place was alive for like forty years as a penitentiary. Yeah, or yeah, thirty yeah. or twenty nine, sorry. Yeah. Twenty nine years. Whatever. Two people can die in a fucking laundry room. Okay. Yeah. So ghostly voices from the hospital wards have been reported and then George Machine Gun Kelly Kelly has reportedly been cited in the prison's church and Alvin creepy Carpus is said to haunt the prison bakery and kitchen. So his name is Alvin Carpus, but apparently Creepy is put in there as his middle name. Creepy like Carpus is the nickname of my pussy, I decided. <laughs> but he haunts the bakery and kitchen. Same. That's exactly what I would lick haunt. Lick my Creepy Carpus. I'm like, oh, yeah, lick my Creepy Carpus. Put it in my Creepy Damn. Carpus. I don't know. Imagine, like, picking up some rando, like, at a bar, and you, like, take her home, and she's like, yeah, lick my creepy carpet. I'm like, bitch. I'd be like, I'm going to die. She's going to kill me. I'm like, it's too late. Enjoy these last few moments. I'm already <laughs> fucked. I was fucked before I, I put it in her creepy carpet. It, like, like alien, it just, like, this extra mouth comes out and just, like, Bah! All right, you're suddenly <laughs> animated, and it's hentai. You're like, what? what the fuck? <laughs> you have, like, tentacles going all your orifices They're like, for no yeah, reason. creepy. Senpai, my creepy. Senpai. Whatever. I love it. So, um, one visitor and his wife have also claimed to hear canaries singing in what... And what was or used to be the cell of Robert Strode, who is known as the Birdman of Alcatraz. <gasps> so this is somebody you can go into. But basically, Robert Strode, like before he went to Alcatraz, uh-huh. he used to be in some penitentiary somewhere in the U.S. Okay. What he would do there is he would he became like, you know, he was in a fucking penitentiary and he couldn't do much. Yeah. But he had a window. And birds would frequent his window. And what he would do with them is he would breed them, not breed them himself, but he would breed the birds and he'd become their friends so much that he had like tons of birds. That's fucking awesome. I don't know to the extent that would go on, but he would one, breed them and two, house them. And they'd be like, dude, stop, dude, stop, dude, stop. And he, they wouldn't stop. So they sent him to Alcatraz. So even though people report this and people know him, know him as the Birdman of Alcatraz, he never had birds at Alcatraz. He was not allowed. And yet you can hear the canaries. Cool. Yeah, is that I crazy? Okay, goals. If I was staying in a prison, that's the exact thing I would do for my pastime is oh, breed yeah. birds and like become... I'd be like rat man. <laughs> I'm like I'm like cat girl, <laughs> cat woman. Damn it, I messed up. Count down. I'd be like gerbil man. Gerbil man. Gerbil man? Naked roll mat. Oh, <laughs> naked roll mole rat. Naked girl. roll mat. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, that's hard to say. Naked, Naked mole, ro- rat. mole rat. That's like a fucking Russian wristwatch situation. Yeah, Jesus. Naked mole rat. Naked try, okay. mole rat. Try to say that time five times fast. Naked, Naked mole, mole rat. rat. Naked mole rat. Naked mole rat. Naked mole rat. Whoa. Whoa. That was that's good. Ho- that, that was pretty good. That was impressed. Wait, I think I just said it four times, though. You pussy Fuck bitch. Fuck me. I'm a fucking cunt. 
Anyways, now we're getting into stories, so get ready. Hold your tits. My tits are currently held. So one Park Service employee stated that she began working one rainy afternoon when the sparse number of tourists were not enough to keep all of the guides busy. She went for a walk in front of A Block and was just past the door that led down the dungeons when she heard a loud scream from the bottom of the stairs. She ran away without looking to see if anybody was down there. When asked why she didn't report the incident, she replied, I didn't dare mention it because the day before, everyone was ridiculing another worker who reported hearing men's voices coming from the hospital ward. And when he checked the ward, it was empty. So again, she was walking by these dungeon stairwells and then heard screaming echoing from the dungeons. That's scary. So she was like, fuck that bitch and then go. So good job, you. She would win. She would definitely survive in a horror film. Exactly. I would not. she survived. Because instantly I'm like, go to it, Because that story cunt. wasn't, a park ranger went down in the dungeons to investigate a scream and fucking died. I would investigate <laughs> almost anything. Someone's like, come here. I'm like, okay. <laughs> They're like, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, Fine. No, I'm like, like fuck I'm that, like, fine. someone on Reddit will post about this. I'd be like, do it's it. cold. Why am I even here? Yeah, you're like, someone sprayed him <laughs> with water. <laughs> yeah, fuck this. I'm that's dead. Corey's per. Like, that's Corey's hell. Like, if Corey dies and he knows he if went you to locked hell, me in a cell that was cold and threw water on me, I can't think of a worse thing. <laughs> and like, they like, I don't know, say like, I hate dogs in front of yeah, you. Yeah, and well. they like punched puppies. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> they punched puppies while throwing <laughs> while ice throwing water, water on, me. <laughs> on me. I would probably just kill myself. I think right your there. heart would give out. I would start banging my head against the wall. Oh no! <laughs> Fuck! No one ever did that to Corey. I'll kill yeah. you. So in in 1984, paranormal investigator and writer Michael Corey K O U R I. You mean C O R Y? Woo woo! This is you. So claimed that he visited the prison and in a trance was spoken to by by the spirit of a dead prisoner who told him that he had beaten he had been beaten and had his legs broken and then was placed in solitary confinement. Oof. That sucks. In 1982, um, and this is directly from Wiki. I am getting, so I am reading, so like other things that I've been reading are just like paraphrasing, but this is directly from Wiki too. In 1982, radio morning news anchor Ted Weigand, a skeptic of the paranormal, visited Alcatraz with psychic Gene Borgen and spent the night there. Weigand, the skeptic, Said for most of the duration of the visit, they found nothing. But around 3 a.m. in the utility corridor, um, the place where three of the men of the 1946 Battle of Alcatraz were shot dead, he said that although it was pitch black, he suddenly got a tremendous feeling of anger and felt an evil presence lying on the floor at the place where the men had died. He started cursing and said that he felt a strong compulsion to fire a gun at people. (gasps) Borgen said that it that it left Weigand. So Borgen, the girl that was there with the psychic, said that it left Weigand quite out of character, and said that when they turned on the light, his face was changed, and you could, oh, I got chills, and you could see the anger and hate in his eyes, oh, like he was fuck. like temporarily possessed. Oh my god! Isn't that crazy. Weigand has said that although it is quite difficult for him to believe that there was something supernatural going on. He is certain that he felt something did happen. That's insane. Something did happen, but I'm not going to say that it was ghosts. Isn't it crazy that I feel like with a lot of ghost stories, when you mention specifically there's a skeptic, it's always like that's the target. Like that's who the ghost or demon. Oh, when they're the one who goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, like. Um, Hell yeah. If I was a fucking ghost. Yeah. Like, oh, Jordan's the skeptic of like the three of us. Like I'm going to go after Jordan. It's just interesting that like the ghosts can somehow sense that or the demons like yeah. understand like oh this person like if doesn't i was a feel ghost afraid. and had a skeptic i'd be like i'm possessing that motherfucker right it's just so interesting that skeptics are always the targets it's not the people who believe 
So it makes you yeah. think, like, are the people who believed once skeptics or they just believe? And the skeptics, ah, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's cool. I love it. Ghosts, ghost stuff. Go ghost. Ghosts are cool. Next story. So there's basically a psychologist and a psychic. They were just touring the island one night. I don't know what the decade is. But finally, they went into one of the industries. It was called the Industries Building. And it was okay. basically where the inmates would work and sew things together to be sold off. Weren't they sew, like, shoes and stuff? Um, I have sell? no idea. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea at all. But basically what happened is while they were in there, they were walking around the entire night and they didn't, nothing happened. But then they were in there. One of the, uh, I think it was the psychologist who is more of the skeptic, go figure, like yeah. you just said. Like literally um, what we just talked about. The psychologist felt a like very sharp pain, like prick on the back of their neck. Mm. And then it, they got very cold at the same time. And they basically said that they just shrugged it off and didn't even tell the other person. They were just like, sure, mm. yeah, whatever, cool, that happened. And they moved on. And when they reported this later on, they were told that <laughs> an incident had occurred in the area where an inmate, Henry Young, had murdered another inmate, Rufus McCain, by stabbing him in the neck <gasps> in the same exact spot where he felt that thing happen. Yeah, isn't that fucking crazy? Okay, to continue my my skeptic theory, I just yeah. thought of something. So the ghosts, like they, maybe ghosts get off with knowing that people half believe in them half don't so it's like the constant like fear around them so the reason why they go after skeptics is because the skeptic the skeptics will try to write it off as something logical we're like oh like i felt a cold thing on my neck because you know the wind or something like yeah, that because the wind or but like draft, yeah. at, but if the ghost did that same action towards someone that already believes they would kind of blow out of proportion just naturally because we're human beings mm, that's what you would yeah, do yeah. so maybe ghosts target skeptics because they want to keep being that super spooky ghost they want the mystery to still stay alive they want, like the mystery and the ambiguity to stay there yeah, exactly yeah, where yeah, they know the unknown sp- is what still f- mostly feels, feels that's the whole fear. thing because if, yeah. if we knew everything about ghosts 100 they wouldn't be scary but it's yeah. because they're unknown so maybe like if i was a ghost and i was a demon it's like my it's like games it's a it's a constant game oh yeah like if i was stuck in some like ethereal eternity trap in yeah. this area i'd be like i'm gonna fucking play like i'm gonna games. fuck with the person who doesn't believe in me because you want to talk about mothers ah your mother's so old her <laughs> breast milk looks like this <laughs> if i was a ghost i would totally be like that it makes sense it makes total sense they go after skeptics because like why wouldn't they because it's too easy to go after someone that believes oh Ghosters- my god yeah if i was like walking through some abandoned place and like i felt a, w- a cold wind draft i'd be like buckets of ghosts i'm gone bye right but like <laughs> if you took a skeptic through a cold windy place like chris or jordan yeah. they'd be like oh it's because of the wind yeah, and, and i'd be like continue through the place i'm like bitch it's because zo- the zodiacs here motherfuckers like yeah. ted bundy and the zodiac jeffrey Dahmer is currently bukkaking on my yeah, face like, i'll keep the car warm you'll stay right <laughs> interesting yeah. anyways continuing on with your so, story last I said story. a theory about skeptics so this last story you know is the best. Yes, Daddy. Okay. So during guard hour sometime in the 1940s, an inmate was locked in the cell for some forgotten infraction. And according to the officers, the inmate began screaming within seconds of being locked in, <gasps> claiming that some creature with glowing <gasps> red eyes was locked in there with him. <gasps> um, as this was a common trick of the inmate, uh, like the in- that the inmates would play on the guards, the guards ignored him. <gasps> However... The man's screaming continued on into the night until finally, in the middle of the night, it stopped. <sighs> the following day, guards found the inmate dead with the horrible expression frozen <gasps> onto the man's face and clear bruise marks in the shape of hands around his throat. <gasps> Isn't that fucking uh, uh, crazy? I, uh, 
The autopsy revealed that the strangulation could not have been self-inflicted, and some believed he might have been choked by one of the guards. But some guards and inmates alike believe that the killer had been the spirit of a former inmate. In a few days following the inmate's death, several guards who were performing a head count noticed that there were one too many men in the lineup. <gasps> then at the end of the line, they saw the face of the convict who had recently been strangled in the hole. And as they looked at him, stunned in silence, the figure abruptly vanished. <gasps> Isn't that fucking scary? Fuck! Could you, so, so, okay. Have you seen Fuck! Sixth Sense? Yes, of course I okay, have. So I've you, watched it with you. So, you know, oh, this is giving me big chills and I, I hate that my back is to the closet still. Fuck you. And you're near um, the mirror, which I can look at. Is the mirror at. not covered, right? No, the mirror's not covered, Fuck! but I forgot to cover the mirror. I'm stuck in that fucking mirror. Uh, <laughs> This Damn is the it. End. I'm gonna lose my best friend. I know. <laughs> so gonna, gonna, but you're just gonna see me like smiling at you now from and now be on like, in mirrors. Okay. If I get stuck in this mirror right now, I'm fucking hot in your ass. <laughs> I hope you do. It, I'll just tell you about my I'll day. I'll be like in the background, like Bleh. I'm like, hey Corey, so my day was fine. <laughs> I'll be like, mine's hell, literally. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, please die so I can have a companion throughout hell. Uh so this reminds me of the sixth sense. You know, during the birthday party. Where oh, yeah. he follows his red balloon up oh. the spiral staircase, and oh, yeah. he hears that old ghost that was shoved into that furnace or whatever, and then killed. And so those little boys, like those bullies, come up and shove him into the same little, like con- you know, compartment that's like you know, no bigger than like oh, three yeah. by two feet. That just like destroyed me as a kid because you can hear the 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 like evil spirit's voice is like let me the fuck out you fucking kid on a fucking kid ah! and then the bullies shove him in there and then when they take him like the kid Haley Joe Osmond out he has like rips across his clothes uh, and that that just like reminds me of like this is a real life event you know what that, that kind of reminds me of is it might be like a nod to it during the haunting of Hill House mm-hmm. when the son. Uh, when the little boy gets like the he like presses the uh the elevator and it goes down to like the basement or the cross space <gasps> he didn't know yeah, about yeah. and he sees like the thing and he has like the rips across his clothing uh, and this and that. Yeah. Kinda reminds me of that. It's like that type of similar uh, that was such a scary part. I that, that part, part. when no. he got in, I was like, You're fucked. <laughs> the scariest part of haunting of Hill House for me is the driving scene when the sisters are arguing. That is the best jump scare ever because it's so... Go, sorry. Yeah, I think that's probably the best jump scare that I've ever It's so unexpected, but it's so relevant because it's so like the little sister being like, shut the fuck up and focus so you can go save me. Right. Or or go save yourselves. Yeah. Like quit fucking bickering to each other and get over your fucking sibling rivalry and just focus. It's so like deserved yeah and exactly and like this is the reason why i died why i'm dead yeah because you fucking just like y'all can't love each other yeah it's like a yeah. it's like the biggest slap in the face yeah of any jump scare i've ever experienced in my it's life so good it, it the scariest goes for me is the bowler hat man the bowler the hat? tall long one that floats down <gasps> the hallway oh my oh and where he like leans his head under the bed and looks at the little kid hiding under the bed oh my oh fucking my god. god that fucking that destroys me, me up. yeah yeah it's just like if i woke up even today and just saw a nine foot tall man floating in my room right. i would kill myself you know like, who i i don't know what you I'm know doing. who he reminded me a lot of slender man yeah he's of like a very the super tall man. lengthy like lanky wearing a suit like yeah. he reminded me so much of slender man it was i, I just i just <laughs> don't like things that that just stand exist there. purely exist yeah, yeah like i don't it, like one of the earliest 
an image from one of the earliest films that scares me is from Nosferatu. Oh yeah. And it's when he's even, he's not even like in, you know, Dracula form. He's dressed up, but he still is very gaunt. And because it's black and white, it accentuates his gauntness. And it's extra spooky. And yeah. it's him. And he's like sort of decrepit, like walking and hunched over, but he walks out of a shadowy like tunnel and then walks into the shot in the frame, and he's just looking at you, but just walking towards the screen. Ah! Oh, it just destroys no, 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 no. me. Oh, like the Twin Peaks that we've talked about. <gasps> Shut mm. your whore mm. fucking mouth, Corey. Again, I forget which episode it is, y'all, but I haven't, I don't even understand the context. And I watched that a YouTube video clip, uh, like a YouTube video clip, and I could not sleep without the lights on that night. Here's the coolest thing about mm. that clip. This is my favorite Twin Peaks fact. So in case our listeners do not know, which you win it because I've never mentioned it before, I am probably one of the biggest Twin Peaks fans that exists on this planet. And that scene, so what happened is the... That guy, Creepy Bob, Mm -hmm. he was just a carpenter on set. He was, like, building a set, and they were filming a scene, and he accidentally was in a corner of the scene, like, hunched. And they're like, this dude is creepy as fuck looking. So they literally rewrote and rebuilt the entire series just based off of the accidental shot of him in the scene. So that scene where he was like crawling over the couch to the mom, like that happened right after because David Lynch was like, this is creepy. Let's just go with it. Let's see what happens to it. Like this is a happy accident is what he always refers to when he's recording, when things like that happen. And so because of that happy accident, it changed Twin Peaks and it changed the genre of horror and drama for television. Like, Whenever I'm alone in the house, I'm like, and I look into like the next room, I'm like, what if something just popped out of thin air and started walking towards me? Like, I would what kill the myself. fuck do you do? Well, it's like how we talked about in that one episode, how like looking out of windows is hard. Oh, God. <laughs> what do you do? What the fuck Cry do you do? Cry into your pants, Corey. There's That's no other why we option. always have to have guns on hand so we can kill ourselves oh, when no, that happens. Oh, no, I don't agree. <laughs> oh, my God. Just grab a fucking knife. <laughs> like, don't get rid of guns. <laughs> <laughs> the re- like the biggest anti, like, like keep gun <laughs> argument is in case you uh, see a ghost and yes, you have to kill yourself. My argument. <laughs> if you see a ghost, grab your gun. <laughs> like, what are we gonna do? You can't immediately kill yourself because you don't have a gun anymore. <laughs> oh, You're just gonna be fucking haunted. Every libertarian is like half masturbating. They're like, I guess the argument's okay. They're like, we'll go with it. <laughs> yeah, the Republicans are like, he's gay, so I can't masturbate yeah, to it. Right. But guns the libertarians are, fine. are like, we'll take it. Yeah, libertarians <laughs> are like, fine, I guess. They're like, valid argument. <laughs> guns. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, finally we get to Al Capone. Okay. Yes, the final story. So, Al Capone arrived on the island on August 22nd of 1934, along with 52 other convicts from Atlanta, Georgia. He was there for four and a half years. I think you said that about? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then he, uh, leaving in 1939 due to syphilis. So, Capone syphilis? was not popular in Alcatraz, as his notoriety made him a target for other convicts. Things got so bad that after the eighth attack on him in the yards, he was excused from going outside during free time. So he eventually got a banjo from his wife and joined the prison band. So huh. instead of going outside, he would hide in the showers and play and practice his ban- banjo. <laughs> yeah, so he literally would. Yeah. So one of the these fights, uh, one of these fights in particular sent Capone to cell block D, where he <gasps> spent eight days in isolation. Shit. So he never went to the hole. But he was in those like really bad cells for eight days of isolation. Fuck. While Capone was working in the prison basement, 
An inmate standing in line uh, waiting for a haircut eventually stabbed him with a pair of shears. Damn. Um, that is the event that eventually, like with his growing insanity, and uh-huh. that was like the big like last event that basically sent him to it was the like other the catalyst country. like it was just yeah it was like okay this guy can't handle this place he can't be here anymore he needs to be sent somewhere else to serve out the rest of his time yeah so banjo sounds have been reported to emanate from the shower room where capone used to practice as well um many visitors have reported feeling a cold chill when walking through the showers and one visitor reported even feeling fingers on the back of his neck <gasps> no, no. but turned around and nobody was there no. that is disgusting no 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 also, the cell where Al Capone stayed, um, uh, there are reports of hearing him playing his banjo and reports of him talking to Clark, more specifically the spirit of James Clark, which was the brother-in-law of Bugs Moraine, <gasps> one of the victims of the Valentine's Day massacre that Al Capone was responsible for but never officially accused of being involved in. See, it ties all. It ties that, like, y'all, y'all waited. We talked about D-Block. We talked about fucking Twin Peaks. We're here. We're fucking here. We're fucking here. here. We're it all queer. ties together. Fuck we you. We tie it all fucking together. <laughs> so Al Capone claims that James Clark. Shit. Sorry, sorry. Al Capone claims that James Clark's ghost haunted him ever since 1929 on the day after Valentine's Day. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and would torment him senselessly, so even bef- even before his presumed psychosis or psychotic break in Alcatraz. There are witnesses saying that they heard Capone mumble to a spirit named Clark, and also when he was in Alcatraz, guards would repeatedly check in his cell at night as they would hear him mumbling and talking to himself because they thought that somebody had gotten into the cell with him. Oh my God. So, even to this day, when people and rangers walk around, like when they close up and they're alone, they will hear the mumblings <gasps> of Al Capone <sighs> and also sometimes the yellings of him yelling at his the ghost of James Clark haunting him. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, so um, I, oh. Legacy of Alcatraz Island in 1972, Alcatraz became part of a national recreation area and received received designation as a National Historic Landmark in 1986. Nowadays, you can go and you can do a historical tour of the place that is also basically half ghost tour. Yeah. Um, because, duh. Because why wouldn't it be? Yeah. L- just so. listen to the past 20 minutes of this podcast. And get this. If you go. Oh, my God. When you go tour D-Block, the guides will <laughs> offer people to go stay in the pit to go stay in the in cell block D14 <gasps> and you can go in there but you can only go there and you can only go in there alone and they shut you in for 10 minutes <gasps> in the pitch black darkness I would do it because the sun cannot reach so these uh, I didn't mention that cuz I think I deleted it eventually but in those last 5 uh cells including the including the worst one cell block D14 the sun will not reach like they don't have windows so the sun will never ever reach those places so you can go and you can, if you, I think if you ask, or also sometimes they will offer, you can be shut in to cell block D14 and you can stand in there in total pitch black darkness. For I want 10 it. Minutes. I, w- I would so do that. But you can only go in alone. They won't let you go with <laughs> somebody else. You can only go in alone. If I knew there was an, a, an ending, like, okay, 10 minutes, I would do it. I, I would do it because I'm so scared. I would be mad at myself if I didn't. But I, you I'm know, trying to think of the least amount of money that you would have to offer me to do that. Okay, here's the thing about cell block D14. Because if I went there in the pitch black, you know what would happen to me? 
is I would see Noob again. I would see Noob. I would see Al Capone. Like you name it, I would see. I would see it. I'm fine if it's Al Capone. But I would do it because I'm just so fucking curious. My morbid curiosity. That's why I would never let or go. Sorry. It just I I just couldn't I just could not. If someone said okay, channel go in there for ten minutes, I'd be like, I'd be so scared. But I'd be like, okay. I'll okay. Do it. I say that now, but here we are sitting. If in you my said like a minute, like the most amount of time I would do would be three minutes. I could do three minutes, but you would like, I could do three minutes, but you would also have to entice me with something. Yeah. 10 minutes. I it's don't a know long if I time. can do because it, my mind would get, would be, would get such a hold of me. That's I couldn't true. do it. I'd be like, something's going to reach out of that fucking hole and grab my leg. Something's <gasps> going to reach out of that fucking hole and grab my leg. Even you something's saying gonna that. Something's going to reach out of my hole and grab my fucking leg. Ah! Like, I can't, like, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. That is true. It I would couldn't. just be almost just for the story, but it could fuck you up for life. It has, it's a, it's a, it's a gamble. It's a, it's a dice roll. Like, am I going to come out of here with a scary story or well, am I going to be fucked forever? And, and the whole like other overtone of that is that you're also like at that moment, then like enticing bad shit to happen to you. That is true. And that's the big, that's the the, the main problem with And that's me. the main problem with being a noob is like anytime I would think about noob, the more I gave into it, the more yeah. intense the situation became exactly. and the less I gave him and fed him in a sense you know it's like a demon and scary stuff is like a i don't know you need to feed it you need to feed it in order for it to grow yeah and they to want thrive. fear yeah you need to get it's like a plant you need to give it the sunlight the water you need to give it the fear and the attention that it requires in order for it to bloom so i get it like the going into that cell for 10 minutes is essentially asking for in a way it's it's saying it's agreeing and egging on the de- demons Evil. like ghosts, yeah like whatever. you're in there and just like you're fine everything's cool and then three minutes in you just hear <gasps> and you just feel like breathing on the back of the neck like ah! what the fuck do you do you like, like totally invited this to happen i'm like johnny to rio they're like no. <laughs> johnny to rio it's me the ce- the cell block d14 tango right? i'm like ah! I'd be like what the fuck like what do you do do you just scream like i don't know I don't know. Fucking kill yourself. Anyways, Channa, how's your fucking sex life? <laughs> After that, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, to be honest, my sex life this week has yes. been mind-blowing. Yes. yes. So, two nights ago, the night before Valentine's Day, Jordan and I, out of nowhere, had sex. You know how that's kind of sometimes the best type of sex? Like, you're laying in bed cuddling, then out of nowhere, like, one person gets horny, and then oh, it's, yeah. like, escalates, and you're just, like, fucking all of a sudden. Yes. It was like that. But something happened. So, you know, yeah. in the... I'm 23 now, so I've been having sex for, what, five or six years? Yeah. So, in, like, the six years I've been having sex, I experienced an orgasm like I've mm. never mm. experienced mm. before mm. this week. So, that my sex life is Fuck yeah. fucking great, to be honest. And other than that... um, Oh, Big thing happened this week. Crazy sex happened, but my apartment almost burned down this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. So if you guys Google Los Hermanos Provo Fire, yeah, you guys Los will Hermanos. be able to see it yourself. But um, the restaurant that shares a wall with my apartment building um, burst into flames. And Jordan and I actually saw the fire happen. Um, the, f- the flames erupted into such a extreme point that like everyone in my apartment complex was evacuated yeah. and um we we like talked it's to the- like between los hermanos and your building is like six feet 
less than yeah, yeah like it's between three to five feet yeah and like one of the walls is less than like half a foot damn and so uh, the, at that point the police officers are like no you can't get back into your building like sorry just stand and watch so then from that point on for about an hour and a half we watched the flames just rise and it looked like smoke was f- like sh- was uh collapsing over the awning of like the patio mm-hmm. for Los Hermanos. It was like smoke is like in waves just coming That's out, cool. like out of the top windows, over the awning, onto the street. And then like finally after an hour and a half, it like dissipated. And Jordan and I were even on the news talking about what happened. And we went and got coffee. Oh, you got on the news? Yeah, I was on the news. That's so fun. And so then we like went and got coffee to get warm. I called my mom and I was like, yeah, we're safe. It was crazy. And we went back to the apartment complex to go back in. And as soon as we got back, the, it like re-erupted and burst into flame. And so from that point on for another so at this point it was like two hours in and for about three and a half more hours we watched the flames shoot towards our apartment touching our apartment building cool. And it was like we stood on top of the parking garage and I just like sobbed and we literally just stood there for in total five and a half hours but at that point it was three and a half hours just watching our apartment almost catch on fire. But because of the the wonderful Provo fire department in springville and orem Orem, fire department and they saved our apartments so only like 10 percent of our apartments were affected from smoke and water damage but jordan and i were very 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 lucky and we our apartment was 100 percent okay we went back the next day to assess the damage we were okay like our lobby and gyms you know fucked yeah i just i'm here for the first time and they smell a little bit but like your house doesn't even smell like yeah anything. like we and that it, was less than a week ago when we walked into our apartment we just like held each other and cried because yeah. like we couldn't everything's eat. perfectly fine like it went from 12 hours before thinking everything that i have built my life up to for the past five years literally went up in smoke yeah. to we're okay it was insane and like, smoke damage like destroys everything right yeah people don't really you think about what has burned but on top of that, smoke damage destroys so much more. But the crazy part about our apartment is we actually realized the heat got so intense in our apartment that any picture that wasn't pinned down from like a photo frame or from like magnets actually curled like paper and photos did. So, you know, when you hold like a lighter next to a photo, how the corner starts curling, yeah. it was like that. So all of our photos actually curled because the heat was so That's intense. Cool. So the crazy part about all this is we realized if we left for D&D five minutes sooner, we wouldn't realize it would have happened. The and kiddies. both Simone and Toulouse would have died during the fire because the heat was so intense and the smoke damage, like the smoke throughout the entire apartment was crazy. So thank God we were late that one day. But uh, so that was my whole week is we dealt with the fire and then we had celebratory crazy hot sex because we still had our apartment (laughs) and I have been like eating French fries and like pounding calories. If your house or apartment (laughs) almost burns down, you will have the best sex of your life within the next week. So yeah, so like if you want a good sex, like has your sex life stamp of guarantee. (laughs) So just light your house on fire because it'll definitely lit our sex drive on fire. But it's been probably the the, one of the most interesting weeks of my life because of the ups and downs because it went from thinking i was gonna lose everything to everything's okay to having crazy sex to work Mm. to this and that it was like it was just insane that was my whole week so Corey, how was your sex life yeah mine was uh good my one's fun little sadder it's okay <laughs> you mean you didn't have a so fire has, like, in, a, in awesome a crazy orgasm? Body sex experience <laughs> i didn't have a fire we played D. and then while chano was having an out-of-body sex experience i was watching porn <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so, but y'all, my porn is hilarious this week. Okay. So, <laughs> I was watching porn. At, I don't remember what day this week. Anyways. So, well, actually, no. Okay. It didn't start out as me watching porn. It actually started out as me as having like a really good writing sw- session. Okay. And in the middle of it, I was like, fuck, I need to look up other gay horror stories or horror, horror films and see what has been done and see how it has been done. And one thing leads to another. And one thing led to another. <laughs> <laughs> and loneliness led to another. No, so, um, so I went to some random person's like 100 best gay horror you know, two girls, films. one cup, number one. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so it was like the top 100. And then like number 13 was something called The Hole. <laughs> ah! Speaking of sublock D14. Right. No, oh my God. I didn't realize it. it was called The Hole. And what it said was a, it was like a spoof of the film The Ring. But oh. it was a gay, it was a gay pornographic spoof of the ring, and I was like, I need to fucking see this right now. Yeah. So I went on like uh, one of the Pornhub's alternatives or whatever, and I found it. Okay. <laughs> so it's this hour-long film, like basically hour-long parody of the ring, but it's about if you watch this film, you'll turn gay in seven days. Oh my. <laughs> So y'all, it starts out. So if y'all have seen the ring, it starts out with two girls, and they're like, "So what's up, y'all? Like it's like Friday. Let's like put some movie in." And the girls like, "Oh my god, I heard about this film that I'll like. You know, if you watch it, you'll die in seven days." And they watch it, and they die in seven days. But like true, like to be honest here, Corey and I would do that to each other. Oh my I'm god. like, Corey heard and I'd about be like, this. Okay, we're watching it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. that I would do. I'd be like, we're watching that fucking shit. I right? don't believe it. <laughs> and then we get a call, and I die. Anyways, so this starts out with two bros. And they're like, yo, bro, what's up? There's like literally football on in the background. Like and the, the guy's homo. like, hey, bro, I've heard like there's this movie. And if you watch it, you die in seven days. And the other guy's like, nah, bro, that's not real. Let's watch it. <laughs> and then they watch it. And then the guys like are, are, are they're about to watch it. And they're like, nah. And one of the guys like, nah, I don't want to be gay. And the other one's like, yeah, because I watched it. And the guy's like, the other one's like, well, when did you watch it? And then one, <laughs> one guy's like, seven days ago tonight. And he's like dude you're gay bro and he's like nah i'm not gay and they're like okay well let's see if you're gay so then they watch porn and then they then they start touching each other and then they just have sex and oh it's like this God. whole it's like this whole hour long mini series of these two different like bros watching the the, the movie I and then like it. having sex it's that's, hilarious that's hilarious it's hilarious porn <laughs> is the greatest thing that's ever been invented i'm pretty sure yeah and, and to note i did not watch the entirety of it i just like skipped every you know five ten minutes yeah. and watched about a minute it was fun he's like no homo bro no i did homo. not sit there for an hour and watch a porn parody <laughs> <laughs> what i am not i'm not 47 and single not you <laughs> no you won't be 47 yeah, i'm 27 and single. and single not 47 and you single. have 20 years to go yeah, at 47 if i'm single i will watch an hour-long gay porn well <laughs> here's the goal hopefully when you're 47 well i actually know this is a fact you're gonna be married to like the most wonderful yes. man in the world yes and you fun. will turn on that parody when you're and 47 we'll it's and hilarious. be like Here i sent it go. to tyler and tyler was like what the fuck is this and then i sent him it's a gay porn parody of the ring and then like tw- 20 minutes later he was like oh my god this is hilarious <laughs> It was good. I love it. I love it. So yeah, that was my sex life. Well, yay! How's Game of Thrones? Where are you at? Oh God! Oh my God! Where are we? Just tell me the season. Season six. I'm only in season five. You haven't even gotten to season six. Nope. Oh, then I want to. We're just season six, mid season six. Cool. I don't know where you're yep. at. We're I mean, getting there. I have no idea. We're getting there. Because I, yeah, I, I always stop when. Uh, 
when uh, Tyrion leaves. Well, I actually can't say this because it's not spoiler. That's probably true. Yeah, that's too soon. So yeah, yeah. so never mind. I I stopped mid season five. The, mid season six. Two or three times I've rewatched Game of Thrones, I stop at the exact same episode. Oh, nice. So I don't know what. Yeah, I just yeah, can't get it's past really it. Really good. I'm really excited. But I know I'm like an episode before the worst episode of Game of Thrones of all time. Oh shit! It's the one where everyone's like, "Oh, like this is one of the worst episodes of any TV series ever," but specifically Game of Thrones. As in, it's bad. Yeah. As in, like, everyone just hates it so much and like, it's bad. Like, oh, this is annoying and boring. I know. I'm about an episode or two away from that. And so that's yeah. part of the reason why I I would stopped. say there's, like, a three-arc episode in season five yeah. where it is literally people talking in a room. And yeah. you, then you go to the next scene and it's two different people talking in a room. Yeah. And it was just like, come the fuck on. I'm assuming that's the episode people are talking about. Because it's the episode. There's three straight episodes of that. Where people. Yeah. People always talk about how like. Because I think like season five, if I remember correctly, had one of the best episodes of Game of Thrones of all time and the worst. Mm. And so I'm I know people are like every time I tell them like where I'm at, they're like, oh, you know, the worst episode. of Game of Thrones. And and I know that's like what people that's what set Games of Thrones apart is because, yes, it gives you that action. It gives you that little hint of magic. But what makes it so good is that those scenes of two people talking in a room are so fucking good. Yeah. But no, these three these three episodes, like after the first one, it's like, okay, it's literally been two straight episodes of people talking in a room. And then the third episode, you're like, holy shit. It has literally almost uh. been scene after scene of two people talking in a room. To be, It becomes like blatant build. Oh, yeah. So you're just like, this is stupid. Stop. Like, give us something. Do something. Like, do something. Like, make an explosion happen at no, least. Like, do or something. Or just like, no, I don't even care. Just have, like, characters move to different places and do something. Like, yeah. I, like stop Like, sitting. even let them, like, exit the fucking room. Yeah, like, like make them go to the bathroom. Yeah, it's more exciting. You don't need to take fucking three three straight episodes to build stuff up. Like, yeah. I have not us, been there yet. Build, build certain storylines while you're like you know resolving other storylines you you know there's always like 10 or 12 different storylines going on at the same time yeah like you know but this just those two or three episodes there's just like nothing going on yeah i am not there yet i'll be at there i'll, I'll probably be there in like a month yeah you might almost be there because yeah. we're gonna finish lost first yeah, we lost. have now entered season four yes so oh, shit's getting four. fun again yes it's getting season four because now three, the, the flash forwards has started it. And the flash forwards are super fun because oh you're like, God. how does this fit in? Is that the end of season three where it's yeah, like because it starts Jack. with Jack's flash forward? Oh my when God! When he's like in on the, the phone with Kate, yeah, and he sees the news clipping of this of someone's funeral, but I'm not going to give it away because yes. Jordan's listening to this right now. Yes. Yeah. So uh, oh yeah, so the flash forwards have begun. Oh my God. Damn, it's so good. Now yeah. it's good again. Now lost. You're like, well, because the ending of season three, you're like, okay. Like they're starting yeah, like to the last become three a little bit more genius. Three, you're like the writer strikes over. Let's go. Yeah, like the writer strike is now picking up the pieces from like ten episodes of season three yeah. and fitting it into their whole point, their whole goal Fuck of the yeah. series. So now we've entered season four of Lost. We're almost done. So probably in like three episodes, I will be restarting Game of Thrones. Yes, you should. It's so good. I'm gonna restart back at season so five fucking though, hook. because I've watched season one through four three times now two times Ew. two or three times you and i can't possibly one live and two are like eh, for i me. can't live through joffrey again i could if yeah. we started right after joffrey i could do it i cannot go through joffrey again i cannot like i've i already know the growth i love jamie at the end of joffrey i love mm. Tyrion jamie. or Tyrion. like I, I cannot possibly go through jeffrey again I joffrey's a little cunt but yeah so that is all of our sex lives 
Oh, wait, before we finish. Yes. News story, uh, like relevant current news story about Robert MacArthur or something like that. It's the Canadian dude that's been, that was killed. That's a ser- the new, the serial killer that was caught like, yes. two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Yes. He killed like eight gay men. Yeah. And, and he yeah. was arrested when he had a victim tied to his bed. Yeah. The victim was tied to the fucking bed. Isn't yeah. that fucking crazy? Is that the development? What was your story? That was the development. Just like saying, just like, I mean, that's happened over the past month. Yeah. But just in case y'all didn't know. Yeah. The fucking victim. So eventually when the court, when everything's done and he's like sentenced, I'm going to do an episode on him. Yes. Uh, but yes, he was arrested when a victim was currently tied to the bed. Isn't that? He so, was like, the victim was like drugged and like almost about to be like dis- killed. Yeah. killed and dissected or whatever he yeah. did. And he, the yeah. police raided him. It's, it's like incredible. Crazy. So yeah. So with all of that. Al Capone, Alcatraz, my or- my out of body experience orgasm, Corey's The Ring porn parody, yes. Game of Thrones, serial Game killers in Canada, you lost. name it, we've talked about it. Our biggest question to you guys is Anyways, how's your sex life? Bye, guys. Bye. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Monday.